3: Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding, worldafropedia.com. Racial tensions are
4: high after the last couple of weeks, the police killings of two black men and now eight police killed in two separate attacks. These tensions can show up at work 2
5: NPR's Yukinaguchi reports some coworkers are struggling to find the words to help make things better. The day after two white policemen shot Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Antonio Gill went to work and got into a discussion with one of his white female coworkers whose brother happens to be an officer. The woman defended the police in the Sterling shooting. Gill, who is black, couldn't let that stand. I didn't walk
6: away because I want her to know that you're not going to say something that I disagree with or something that's erroneous, and I just leave you with your thoughts. Since you left me with your thoughts, I'll leave you with mine.
5: The conversation was intense but civil. Gill, a network administrator in Charlotte, North Carolina, says it was unusual. His white colleagues usually don't seem comfortable talking about race.
6: I think that people maybe expect a lid to come off (laughs) or something, you know, because, of course, I mean, I I do have a lot of feelings about it.
5: He has a lot of feelings, in part because three years ago, Gill and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission won a race discrimination suit against his former employer, trucking firm A.C. Wydenhouse. A jury found he was subject to racial slurs and threats to, quote, hang from our family tree. Race isn't just touchy for workers. It can also create problems for employers. Racial discrimination and harassment at work is illegal. And in the last three years, the number of such cases filed with the EEOC has increased. Even if an incident doesn't go to court... Experts say employers that don't act fairly and decisively to punish racist behavior risk demoralizing their workforce and hurting productivity. And while free speech rights apply to personal speech outside of work, employers are increasingly concerned about how workers' online posts affect the workplace. For example, in the days following the Dallas police killings, the Nashville Police Department decommissioned two officers for inflammatory postings on Facebook. In one of them, Officer Anthony Venable, who is white, wrote, in an apparent defense of the Minnesota policeman who shot Philando Castile four times, quote, yeah, I would have done five. Police Chief Steve Anderson told Nashville Public Radio the incident is under investigation. He may
6: have disqualified himself to be a police officer.
5: Three days later, another Nashville officer, Christopher Taylor, was decommissioned after posting a photo of the Black Panthers on his page. Howard Ross, a diversity consultant, says he saw similar conflicts in police departments and other workplaces boil over after the shooting of unarmed teenager Michael Brown in Ferguson last summer.
1: People were coming right off the street the night before being out in a protest and then working side by side with somebody, and
7: the energy from the protest got brought right into the workplace.
5: Allison Manswell is also a diversity consultant and author of Listen In, a book about racial conversations in the workplace. She agrees heightened tension is finding inappropriate expression in the form of slurs, fights, or surly online posts. There are some workplaces where the culture and the environment was already prone to this, so they have got their hands full right now. I can tell you that with absolute certainty. But, Manswell says, the answer isn't to quash discussion. She argues it should be encouraged in a mediated forum. Co-workers should offer each other mutual support, she argues, comparing the shootings to other fatal disasters. What's been happening around police brutality is a tsunami in the African-American community. How might it feel for all co-workers to come to work the next day and to not acknowledge that there was a tsunami. Manswell lives in Baltimore, where today a third police officer was acquitted, but three others still face charges in last year's death of Freddie Gray. She mediated a discussion between coworkers who shared their feelings about race.
0: The conversation was difficult. There were tears.
5: I mean, literally, there were people in tears. But there was this high degree of understanding that came out of it at the end that was so worth it for everyone. Contonius Gill, the network administrator, agrees. He says his conversation with his white colleague helped.
6: We haven't spoken about it since, um, but I'm not tense. I hope she's not.
5: Relieving that tension, he says, is the path to restoring civility.
6: These things definitely warrant discussion because, I mean, right now, we are reeling. Really, these things can't be set aside. They're not going to heal themselves.
5: Yuki Noguchi, NPR News, Washington.
6: Um, I've seen similar situations in, um, in an office setting. I, as, as you know, I work for the government, and I've found that people have free time and they, they begin to come and to gather together it's particularly black folk my question is how what is the code what is the correct codified way to respond or to yeah to respond to this type of situation um,
7: talk about something constructive
6: well i'm i'm not really a part of that conversation but i'm i'm there because i'm in the office and these people are there because they work with me Okay. and they they began to they begin to talk about uh for instance, the conversation went a couple of days ago about the woman was on the phone and she had gotten a phone call from someone home telling her that her child support check had come, and this was like Fourth of July New year's all at once for her because she said that she had not received the child support check, and so long, so everybody in the office within a matter of minutes because. She was yelling and screaming, oh, my child support check had come. Everybody in the office, how do you, I mean, you know, like, she was like the next office over from me, but I could hear this. And they, these people constantly use the N-word whenever they choose in the office setting. Do I approach these people or do I, you know, because as of this point, you know, I have just not done anything. How do you do, what is the correct code?
7: black people use the n-word yes sir you can say that if the person is talking to you you can say i wouldn't use that kind of language because i don't think it's constructive
6: i don't have a whole lot of conversation with them okay but i'm there in the office because i see this i see this well only
7: when you have the type of conversation with them where you can talk to them and minimize conflict can you say anything at all See, everything that you say to a black person is supposed to be in a way of minimizing conflict. You don't want to escalate conflict.
6: That's why I haven't said anything.
7: Okay, well, don't say anything as long as you think you will escalate conflict. Now, sooner or later, some black person will come and slide a chair up to you because you don't say very much. That black person will probably be in trouble because all these hyperactive black people is all over the office saying this and saying that. Sooner or later, they wind up in trouble with white people. And then they want to talk to somebody and the person that they usually will talk to is the quiet black person because they figure that you kind of halfway do some thinking and you're not always doing what the rest of them are doing so what it is they will come and sit down beside you and say you know I got a problem down here these folks are messing with me and then they're ready and then that's when you tell them about that particular problem and drop whatever else you think is constructive on them while you're doing it now they're hooked see because what they usually get from the other black people that they're always jawboning about is, man, you shouldn't have done that. I mean, I told you about going down there. I mean, you're out here talking this random. I mean, you should be like me. I ain't never in no trouble except this that thing that happened last week. But, I mean, you know, that was a fluke. <laughs> but, you know, so, right. <laughs> like the person said, oh, every time I look around, you're writing something down. You say, this is what I was taught. I was taught to write. In fact, I was told that if I couldn't write, I couldn't get the job. In other words, that's the law of compensation. Everything that they give you, you turn it right around and throw it right back at them. Every time you catch that ball, you throw it right back. Okay, so do do you get the point? I mean, I think that was an excellent illustration that she made. And you write things down. Just like you say, a person says something, say, Oh, that's very interesting. I'd like to write that down. Repeat that. And then you put it in your... Now, I learned this myself, not from myself but by observing some black people who held jobs and who people didn't hardly touch by observation and some of them didn't write things down but they had excellent memories others wrote things down but they were able to go to meetings and say sir I have a question and then the person say yes and say now when that other incident happened on July the third in 1952 and this is 1971. Uh, has that changed since then? Because I haven't seen anything written down where this has changed. And when uh, Joshua did that on July the 3rd, such such thing happened. Now you all are doing something different. i just like clarification on this. So you make that comparison, just like you were talking about. You make comparison between one situation and another. Now the only way you can do this, you either have to have an excellent memory or... You have to write things down. I worked with a person once who had an excellent memory, and he knew how to pick out things that were important. He would see something happen that hardly anybody paid any attention to. He would make a mental note of it. Four years later, he would bring it up right when nobody expected it and completely floor everybody. I mean, tear up the meeting just on one thing and say, I'd like to say something. When so-and-so did such-such a thing on such-such a day and such-such a thing happened, I mean, that wasn't the way that was handled. Can you explain that? And then the situation that you have right today has com- turned completely inside out, and they've had to drop it. And I've seen him save a lot of people like that, and I've seen people put him on the list of being, hey, don't ever let you see this person do anything, and don't let him see you do anything, you know, that you're not supposed to be doing, because he will make a note of it or he will remember it. And five or six years later, at a time when somebody's supposed to be on the spot, he knew how to get that person off the spot by making that comparison. Okay? Just by raising a question.
1: Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, December 29th, 2016. So, I have been told this is our weekly broadcast. It's every Thursday. Uh, I think there were still some folks uh, who just were confused uh, and were not certain uh, about the date and time. Workplace racism is every Thursday. Every Thursday, always the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific, if you're tuning in live that's the time, and the number to dial is 641 715 The code is 564 943 pound. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. The code, excuse me, the number again is 641 641- 7153640 and the code is 564943pound. Four, four, Press star 6 if you would like to participate. Uh, again, this is uh, one of the few programs uh, where I say, hey, this is not, I mean, really it should be the case all the time uh, in terms of counter-racism that it's not just something to sit back and uh, spectate uh, or even worse, just to sit back and critique other victims of racism and how they are responding to white supremacy. That is not what counter-racism is supposed to be about. uh, And especially workplace racism. Uh, Again, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing, uh, I heard her say this numerous times that uh, you should not be able to get five black people together, three black people to two, black. you should not be able to get, you know, a group of black people together where you could not have substantial and lengthy conversation about how they have been mauled, terrorized on the job, uh, whether it's sexual harassment, unjust compensation, uh, being written up, being given bad hours. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on uh, about our shabby treatment Uh, under racist work conditions. Uh, So this should be one where lots of people uh, should be able uh, to share. Uh, And either or, if you have figured out some things that work well to solve problems, uh, to minimize conflict with other non-white people, uh, to minimize conflict with white people, to keep you from being written up, uh, demoted, just so that you can be on your job, get all your promotions, get all your raises. so You can just put your feet up, get your work done, get through your work career, And retire easy. Hey, you need to be on speed dial right now uh, because we need that sort of information. If you are what they call self-employed and you have figured out some things that changes uh, the way that you deal with whites in a constructive manner, that would be great to hear as well. Uh, Anything of constructive value, even if it's reflecting, I say that consistently. We talked about reflection yesterday. Uh, reflecting on your work experience uh, and seeing, okay, this was back when I was a little bit more confused about racism, whites in general. And this is what happened on the job. This is how the situation unfolded. And I think racism was a part of it. These are, This is what I did then when I was confused. Now that I have gained some insight, this is what I would do now. And I think this would work. I think that's helpful as well. Again, we have uh, younger listeners who do not have an extensive uh, work history so it's always good for them to hear uh different types of incidents and i think just all victims of racism i think it's constructive uh to hear uh other non-white people types of things that have happened to them on the job uh because it's so similar i, I know for so many people when folks have shared people have written in or called in uh about how similar uh whatever they've heard is to something that happened to them Uh, And I think that just reveals more and more uh, about what it means to be white. Uh, They're doing a lot of the same things. They coordinate. They share racist tactics. And I mean that explicitly because we've talked about it. That's in, uh, I mean, this goes all the way back to the plantation for the folks who were with us about this time last year. When we read, while uh, we read Edward Baptist, the half has never been told where he said that white enslavers, they would get together and share tips about how to manage the negros on the plantation. So, I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. Hopefully in a counter racist effort, we're doing the same thing, getting together to share techniques, observations, strategies uh, to try to improve our situation with regards to, labor under conditions of white supremacy. Uh, a couple quick things to share. Number one, you heard Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. at the beginning. Great info website, producejustice.com. You can get word guide, code book, both. You do uh, the whole gift giving thing. You could give out some counter racist literature. Next, uh, we had, number one, we had a person uh, who shared an article. Uh, this was published just uh, within the past few th- since the whole holiday nonsense this came out this week uh employees lawsuit alleges versace has special code for black customers i think somebody just said that about sharing tips and having a code about how you're going to manage the niggers. so the article reads and this is from uh, fox news a former versace employee has filed a lawsuit against the fashion retailer claiming discrimination against black customers TMZ reported Monday that a former employee in a Bay Area location, California, said the store had a special code whenever a black customer entered the store. The code was D410, which is the code for all black shirts in Versace stores, according to the suit. The employee who said he is African-American said he questioned his manager about the code and was fired two weeks after being hired since he hadn't lived the luxury life in quotes. (laughs) He is suing for unpaid wages and damages. Versace has denied the allegations and has requested a dismissal of the suit. Hmm. Uh, Moving forward, white people are not ignorant about racism person wrote in uh, they wanted to share this is a uh, non-white male he also had some interesting tidbits Uh, he is a non-white male with a white parent cowbell he had uh, interesting response to the program that we had yesterday but uh, that is not what this program is about he also shared about workplace racism he wrote some thoughts i've been thinking about how to help uh, non-white people you have to have white associates, so-called white friends. I cringe at that. I certainly would not uh, call them friends. Uh, (laughs) Did I mention he has a white parent? (laughs) Um, I mean, that's like devastating. That, that shook me a little bit. Uh, If, if we're saying having uh, a individual who's classified as white, that you suspect of being a racist on the job who has resources Uh, Or who you think you can go to to get constructive information uh, or who will be in some way helpful to you, even though you recognize that this person, and I mean, at minimum, at minimum, is probably racist. So, you know, all of this has to be kept in context in terms of my expectations and trust, what have you. Certainly, I'm not thinking of this person as a friend. Certainly, I'm not thinking of this person as a friend. I would never, ever, under any conditions, As long as the system of white supremacy, no individual classified as white can be thought of as a quote unquote friend. That is just (laughs) that counter racist logic should reject that every time, every time. So moving forward, we will not call them friends. These are individuals that we strongly suspect of being racist who might be able to aid us in a constructive manner, even though they are still at minimum very probably racist continuing these people uh, are your access to other jobs and money as neely fuller says don't look at them as the enemy but more as a source for all the goods if you play your role then they will allow you access to some of the goodies Uh, that (laughs) i I just contend that that is not true Uh, it's difficult for me to there's something constructive information that I don't think is true. And I would just say that if that were the case, the system, I just played that sound clip yesterday. If that were the case, if all we had to do was play our role and behave, whatever that is. And white people would share, we wouldn't have a problem. It would just be, that would be it. Just play your role. That would be all you have to do. And things would take care of themselves. And I have seen no evidence at all that that is true. In fact, I've seen the exact opposite. Uh, So, yeah, and some of this could be wording, but yeah. And again, I did say that this person does have a white parent. Continuing, uh, you can't be aloof. They do not like that. Don't be too smiley either or they won't trust you. They can see right through us. They know when we're being fake. Try to be as genuine as possible. I found this to work. Also have a sense of humor. They really like that. You can joke about racism and try to be a counter racist. Through humor, that seems literally the only way they bend a little. Ask questions. They love to talk. Gather information from them. Give them the info that you know because they can tell when you're withholding it. They always have the upper hand in every interaction. The prison setup. Be on time. Have the best work ethic. Don't John Henry, for people who don't know who John Henry is, uh, they actually have a theory. Uh, it's a black professor at Duke University put forward called John Henryism, basically that black people working twice as hard to get half as far as white people playing their role, that that could be the very thing that is causing a lot of black people to die. Very young Gwen Eiffel that we're reading tomorrow to die at 61 uh, from all these health ailments, particularly uh, heart disease, hypertension, high blood pressure, cancer, things of that nature, uh, that this is uh, the black mental health cost of white supremacy and black people working uh, extra hard. So he's saying, don't John Henryet, but show them that you like to work. Never try to one up them where they will or that will intimidate them. Have a good vocabulary and try to use the best words at all time at all times or they will use your words against you. You have to be codified and do the things that work, and always know that you're in a weaker position. That's just the way it is. Uh, I would definitely underline and agree completely that last sentence uh, about you're in a weaker position. Absolutely. That is that is the epitome uh, of racism, white supremacy, that you are in a weaker position as a non-white person uh, in relation to the power that the white race yields. Uh, we certainly all have VGQ, uh, and I might have... Um, I might have made it more difficult to process what the listener shared. Thank you for sharing, but just uh, white and friend, like my counter racist computer just completely <laughs> shuts down like that. That just cannot be uh, associated for, you know, a myriad of reasons. So like I said, some of it just could be, you know, better wording or different wording. Uh, it, like we said, words are important uh, and using the best words. I think that was uh, another part of the commentary that I agreed with. Uh, last, bit of info and this was actually sent to me on Facebook which is not a problem but if you're writing in if it's uh, a suggestion uh, or something that you just want to share like for workplace racism or whatever it is uh, it would be better to email until justice at gmail.com, uh, just because I have folders, uh, just to make it very easy so that I can keep track of things. Uh, if it's workplace racism, I have a folder for that. If it's a guest suggestion folder for that, like just whatever, it's much easier for me to manage. Things can very easily get lost. I have not figured out a, uh, code to be as efficient with messaging on Facebook. So, you know, you, it's not a problem if you send it there, I try to do my best to catch things there as well. Uh, but email would be better. This commentary, uh, I have only been employed at this company since August of 2016. It's a family-owned trucking company with around 140 employees. Upon hire, I was told carrying your weapon, handgun, was permissible. Out of the 140 employees, less than 10 are black males. Of the 10, I'm assured all have white spouses. Woof! cowbell significant others and friends also the nepotism is generational many of the employees are family my code is to complete my daily task and leave I do not socialize Uh, I do no socializing other than verbal greetings for over a month I kept getting office calls related to attending the yearly Christmas party. After a month of aggressive badgering, I decided to attend. Upon entering the party, I easily noticed who was drunk. The party started at 6 p.m. I arrived at 5.30. More importantly, we worked earlier this day. I collected myself at a table set for six people. At this table was another black gentleman. As the other black guys entered, They magnetically gravitated to their white people of choice although there was alcohol on hand many of the terrorists were going to their vehicles for short terms back and forth between the party i assume they were using more drugs i will take that assumption as well i am shuddering because this started with uh being able to have it's having a handgun is permissible. So I mean, this could be like the worst concoction, firearm, alcohol, and whites like, Oh man. So We hope this does not end terribly. Continuing. uh, The atmosphere is set with an overwhelming amount of drunken white friends. There's that word again, (laughs) or he's not saying that these are uh, his friends. These are just white friends of the people that are there white family and their black person of choice. Each group contained one black person laughing, cursing and drinking with white people. Myself and one other black guy were set at the other door in near isolation. We heard motherfucker son of a bitch directed towards the black men within the groups. Trump t-shirts, rebel flags and camouflage was everywhere. Remind you, I thought this was a Christmas party. All the employees were asked to come alone, but somehow Little white children and women started coming out of the offices. No big deal until the children came into the venue. Children and alcohol, something seems... Anyway, uh, they were wild and undisciplined, running, jumping, but with little speech. One of the children in particular, a boy around four years old, was the life of the party. This little terrorist seemed to navigate through guns Booze, erratic adult movements, food, serving, laughter, cursing, and possible drug usage defined us, the isolated two black males who sat by the door. Without words and a slow, steady movement, an autistic, emotionless stare, he approached. In a two-finger motion, the child shot the guy next to me in the face. Slowly and steadily, he continued, then he sprinted into the arms of one of the white women. I politely excused myself at that moment. I will attempt to call in tonight. In addition, uh, I guess he missed today. In addition, I was told to get in contact with the human resource manager to fill an application for a security clearance. So I contacted him by text. He replied that I take my pain pills because the application was an hour of pain in the ass. It reminded me of the author which spoke of AIDS. She stated gay white men would take pills to endure hours of anal sex. That was on this year program, 2012. Anyway, necrophilia, narcissism, and pornography. You can expect this from white supremacy, white people. Wow. I am uh, I am stupefied I have no idea what to say other than that sounds like an extraordinarily dangerous environment I'm glad you made it out safe it seems like you being codified worked uh, and uh, I will say again racist man racist woman racist child Kamisha M Africa I think she was the first one that started uh, making sure we did not forget about racist child Kamisha M Africa understanding is not it? she's been a guest on the program uh, with that. If I butchered uh, the, not the person who just shared about the Christmas party, but the previous caller who was uh, giving his code, who has a white parent. If you want to dial in to <clears throat> clarify, uh, or if I just didn't do a guy, uh, didn't do a quality job presenting what you wrote in, uh, please dial in and, and you know, share whatever thoughts you want to add uh, and everybody else. Certainly dial in the number six four one seven one five three six four zero the code is five six four nine four three pound. Press star six if you would like to participate. See all the folks who dialed in, line should be open, uh, feel free to chime in.
6: Can I be heard?
8: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, since no one else was uh, wanted to start. I just thought I'd stop doing what I'm doing and and get busy. Uh, don't have a whole lot to report, uh, because uh football season for high school level is is uh, kind of like it's well it's over with. But generally what takes place during this time, especially if you are finished your last game of the season as a quote-unquote champion, uh, there are some rewards that are are involved in it that normally takes place. Uh, One of them is to uh, has always been, since it's not my first time that I've been involved in this process, uh, that they are invited to go to the Orange Bowl uh which if someone doesn't know that's a uh major uh bowl game collegiate bowl game that takes place uh and I, I I my place of residence is only about a mile and a half from uh the stadium where the Dolphins play and where the University of Miami uh, plays their games at and also where this game is uh, located at. Uh, I believe the opponents is Florida State against uh, Michigan. Uh, It doesn't look like uh, that is going to happen. And, you know, everybody has their opinion about it. Uh, But I suspect, I strongly suspect the reason why is because for about the last 10 years, there have been uh high school football teams primarily down in uh Miami dade County that have been uh headed and supervised by black males and the majority, the vast majority of the players have been black males. And uh the white people who control all of that is getting pretty tired of these niggas beating up uh on uh, their teams in the state of Florida. And uh, they are not handing out any more awards and cookies for that uh, type of uh, uh, uppity black people. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's just a strong thought of mine on why uh, those things not happen. Now, believe myself personally, I wouldn't even go any way. Why one would ask is because of white people and alcohol. If you, if you, uh, don't want to be in an atmosphere where that is a football stadium is certainly is probably the worst place, probably worse than a bar because in a bar, I don't think you have uh 70,000 people at that bar, but you would have about 70,000 white people at one time that you will be uh, dealing with. And, uh, uh, Anything could happen. Uh, And I I have been in that atmosphere uh, enough times to not be interested. If I do watch the game, I'll be a few feet from a television set to watch as as much of it as I can stand to watch uh, as far as they're concerned. Uh, So uh, other than that – uh and, and, and that doesn't bother me so much because the main reason why I, I uh do coaches is from the standpoint of the of uh, the relationship that I would have with uh black males who are the coaches as well as the players and also uh the some of the players uh obtain a means to finance their uh college uh time by getting an athletic scholarship. And I have assisted hundreds of young black males in that process. And, uh, that's basically all I have to say. And, uh, I'll continue to listen. Thank
1: you. Right on. Appreciate that retired firefighter. Again, congratulations to the, uh, Young males, glad they got through the season safely. And uh, it actually, it reminded me, you're lucky they allowed you to finish the season. It reminded me there were quite a few uh, black, these are like little, little tykes, like 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. Some of them, they uh, started... uh, also not standing for the national anthem and whites flipped. Like they didn't, they didn't even allow some of mm-hmm. these teams to finish the seats. Like there was, I think one in Texas, they have a, was a predominantly black team, black coaches as well. They didn't even let them finish the season <laughs> once they uh, kept this up. So, I mean, you should consider yourselves lucky. You got the watermelon. They allowed you to have by uh, finishing the season. Maybe um, the uh, other folks, you know, Oh, you going uh, I was just going to say briefly you
8: you know i actually stopped uh uh being out for the quote unquote national anthem i started that i started doing that personally back in the nineteen eighties I would actually stay in the locker rooms sim- similar to what the NBA uh uh player uh was doing about well about twenty five years ago i th- can- can't think of his name he has an arabic he had an arabic uh uh name for my from my memory uh, yeah, uh, I, I stopped doing that actually back in the '80s. Uh, as far as that concerned. but but I do it personally. Uh, I don't say anything to anybody else about in, encouraging or discouraging, unless somebody asks me something. Uh, then I then I then I may let that person know. It depends on who it is. Uh, oh yeah, uh, one one of the things that, that we're that they do also uh, offer to the team. And it probably would be offered to us. Uh, of course, everybody in the middle of January have a, a Dr. Martin Luther King parade. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm even I'm even probably if, if not going to join that also because the parade itself is not the most constructive thing that I notice on what's in the parade. When you have the U.S. the quote unquote U.S. Army in a parade with a black male who lost his life along the means of talking about nonviolence, then I see a conflict of interest with that, uh, that I don't personally care to involve myself with. But, you know, for the for the children if they if they wanna get involved with that and they're invited to it, you know, fine and good as far as they concerned. But uh uh for
1: sure now that's all I have to say on that subject. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, other folks uh, who we have not heard from, if you had commentary you wanted to add, feel free. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am.
3: Greetings, beautiful people. This is 1842. Um, I just have a couple of short vignettes or stories to share that I didn't get a chance to share in the past. Um, So it's this quote-unquote holiday season. I'm the one that's uh, in property management. Well, you know what? I'd like to clarify that. I am in property management as a concierge slash property assistant. That's why I spend a lot of time greeting. That's why I plan parties and deal with all this other kind of stuff. So I forget um, what I was reading or listening to, and they were like Negroes who don't want to, they'll say they're in like environmental something, and they're like the janitor. And I was like, well, let me not be that Negro. So anyway, at any rate, um, holiday season, one of the things that folks do is they give a lot of gifts and all this other kind of stuff. I was out of the office one day. Someone needed to buy some stamps. So my fill-in, I had, you know, set it up so that they could do everything. The female, the white female who didn't have money was like, I'll pay you later. It was like, whatever. So I'm in the front greeting, and um, it was like 10 bucks for a book of stamps. And I don't care, like, even if it's $0.20, cent, I'm going to get you your $0.20 because I don't like to to be keeping people's change. So I was like, no worries, I'll bring it up to your office later when I get a chance. Not a big deal. She reaches in her pocket and she has like some change bills, like fives and ones or whatever. So I think, you know, and the whole transaction is very professional. I look at her, I was like, oh yeah, you know, the book of stamps and she's walking by to get coffee. She's like, oh yeah, 10, my bad. I almost forgot. I was like, okay, no worries. I'll make sure to bring you the change, you know? And then as she has this change, she's like, oh yeah, here. And like, she has a group of people. One is that non-white female who has a white parent who was adopted by white people who wanted to talk bad about R. Kelly that I shared some other time ago. Um, and she had, like, some other white people with her. And she went uh, to hand me just, like, five and ones or whatever. And I was like, no, you know, I don't do that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I'm not above $8. <laughs> I can always use $8. But I don't take tips. Not like that. Like, that's just, I don't know. It, It could be me. But whatever. So, um, like, anyway, so she hands it. I try to give it back. She's like, no. I was like, all right, well, I'm not about to make a scene. So I took it. All right, cool. You know what I mean? I went downstairs went after I finished processing everything, got her 20-cent change from her $10 bill, as I told her I would, put the money in an envelope, wrote her name on it, took it to her front desk person for the company that she works with. I didn't get you I, – I, okay, she's on the fifth floor. I'm down in the concourse level in the basement. So I take the elevator up there. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is her change for the stamps. The person who took the money had no idea what was going on. So um, they just took the envelope and was like, okay, I'll sit it on her desk. I did not even get to sit back down at my desk before the phone was ringing. And it was her. And so I pick up the phone, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is da, da, da. How can I help you? And she doesn't even know what to say. She's just like, so, yeah. Like, that's actually what she says. And so I'm silent, like, because I know she's upset. And she's like, so what? Like, you couldn't take it? <laughs> and, I was, and he paused. So let me talk to y'all. I didn't like the way that she did it. People will do gifts. Oftentimes, like, they'll give you chocolates, muffins, cupcakes, um, gift cards, especially around this season. But the way that she did it was so pretentious and so white, I didn't like it. And I didn't like her using me as like the the lowly Negro, you know what I'm saying? Like over here, pressed about $8. And the way that she handed it, it was like, it could have been $8 on a gift. It could have been $5 on a Starbucks gift card that you give somebody and it makes it, it's totally different. It's not about the like the amount. It was the way that she gave it. And it made me feel very small. And I felt like that was her intention because it wasn't a premeditated thought like, hey, 1842 is very kind to me. She always helps me out with whatever. I'll get her, a gift card with eight bucks on it she can go eat district taco or whatever it is you know it wasn't like that it was just like oh blah, blah, blah. here you go like she can sit there and like flaunt and flex in front of that non-white female and these other white people that were with them and I was just like no you know what I mean like I don't like it screw that and uh so she's she's offended like back to the phone call so she's like yeah you can't take money and I, I no actually I cannot not like that and she was like, what do you mean, not like that? And I was like, well, if it's, say, in the form of a gift card or, like, inside of an envelope or a card, as if, like, you put thought into it or as a gift or you're thanking me for something, then yes. But you just reach it in your pocket and handed me money, no. And she was like, oh, well, that's weird. And I was like, well, it's just what it is. And the truth is, I probably could have kept it. But I didn't want to. I didn't like the way that it felt. So whatever. And she took offense to it, as she should, because I was, you know, what she felt was what I was doing. You know what I mean? Whether she wanted to say I was being uppity or whatever, uh, most certainly was. Don't do that. And so that's one. And then uh, another situation is because it's so slow in the building right now, and it's like New Year's, well, Christmas and then New Year's, nobody is at work. So I don't really have a reason to be there. Like I've been showing up and not really having much to do. So it's been really a waste of time. I'm the one that commutes. So the traffic is still bad because people are, Returning or still going, whichever one. And so I still have to deal with all the traffic to get into work and really not have anything to do. So um, on Thursday, last Thursday, the new property manager, who I don't know and don't trust and don't like, Uh, was like, well, yeah, you could take Tuesday because we already had, Monday we were closed, so you could take Tuesday. I said, okay, uh, and he was like, we don't have to let your company know. Mind you, I'm contracted. And it was when he said that, I was like, hmm, I'm not really about that. Something about that just doesn't, it seems like you're trying to trap me. But I said, okay, I will think about it and I will let you know. And he said it again. And I was just like, I'll think about it. I'll let you know. So Sunday, I send an email, or it was Monday. I send an email and I'm just like, just to confirm, Tuesday is still on the table. I wanted it in writing. When I gave it all that thought, I said, okay, if you're going to do it, I want it in writing. Don't I don't want to not show up on Tuesday, and next thing you know on Wednesday, I'm getting called saying no call, no show, and now I'm out. So, no. Uh, so, no one responded on Sunday, because I cc'd the, pro, the assistant property manager and the prop. Nobody responded. Needless to say, Tuesday, I took my behind the work. At 7.30, they responded to me. I was like, oh, yeah, it's still on the table. I was like, I'm already here. So, whatever, you know, and I still felt fine because I had brought I told a couple other people and I was like, you know, I do not know him, so I don't know what his angle is. And so I expect to be deceived, mistreated, and terrorized by all white people. I don't expect anything less than that. That's just what's practice in racism. So if that was an opportunity for him to do it, I could see him doing it. So uh, anyway, then they were like, Well you can leave early. So I left early on Tuesday. Then I came in on Wednesday. And then it was like, Well, um You don't have to come in thursday and friday because we're really just that slow like there's nothing because no one's in the building so i put it in writing and so i like the way that i did it is i responded to both and i said i uh thank you guys for thursday and friday um and have a happy new year so they responded saying you know happy new year whatever enjoy so if anyone wanted to bring it up I would say, "Well, here's the writing that says, number one, it was implied to me that I could be off that Thursday and Friday, and number two, if they had an issue with it, they could have responded to the email saying, We are not saying that like we still want to fill in or you're not getting paid or whatever it is that was um the way that I avoided any kind of pitfalls was with that situation, and um there was something else, but it's escaping my mind at the m- oh, for the man that touched me who I wrote an email um he came like I was standing in the front and greeting, and he came in, and I completely just ignored him, and he was all like flush and you could see his old jittery movements and stuff like that. I don't care. I did the right thing it was great. Another thing is nonverbals. I say this most time, but it is so important to look at white people as hard as it can be sometimes because the assistant property management property manager, I don't know like what's going on, but I know they're talking. What they're saying, I don't know, but it's okay. I'm not panicking because I put in my two weeks like tomorrow or something, so I'm not really tripping, but based, his nonverbals are indicating that like something is going on, and he is so glitchy, and um, just pay attention to the nonverbals is what I'll say. Okay, thank you.
1: Appreciate that. That's uh, I just wanted to emphasize, like I think that's a, a really – significant part of codification Uh, I've heard Mr. Fuller say explicitly like uh, never expect to be treated correctly and he meant like by anybody (laughs) like that's just what the system of white supremacy is Uh, everybody is just encouraged to have disdain and contempt especially for black people so Just having it in mind, I'm going to, you know, send my email, I'm going to respond, but I'm already prepared that I'm going to be here at seven o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm not going to leave it a chance and think that they're going to do right and let me know in advance so that I could have the day off or anything else. I'm already I'm going to be I think that's the best way. Uh, To function and keep you from being disappointed uh, and and getting your hopes up, as they say, that, you know, they're going to do the correct thing and value your time and energy so you can plan accordingly, not even getting into all that. And that way, if they do the correct thing, you can be surprised and you can enjoy it. The second part, the using email to generate your own written record. Uh, your own written documentation. I think that's great. We've had a lot of folks who've uh, encouraged and uh, echoed uh, how well that has worked uh, so that shows that you've uh, communicated with other people on the job. Uh, And You can even, you know, if you want to ask a question that they need to answer in the email or just state however explicitly you need to state it. You know the people that you work with and you know how deceptive uh, they tend to be. Uh, If you know you even want to make it more blatant, more flagrant, you know, thank you for excuse using me for Monday or whatever day it is, Thursday, Friday, uh, with pay or as detailed as it needs to be, as you think it needs to be. Uh, and that way, if they just send back the right on happy new year, whatever it is, great. Exactly. as She stated, you already have sent it out and they had opportunity to, uh, clarify any issues that are let you know, there was a problem. And if they chose not to do so, then they bear a big part of the responsibility for anything that should, you know, go awry from all of this. Uh, for other folks, if you want to respond to what you've heard thus far, or if you have your own commentary, line should be open. Feel free.
0: Can
1: I be heard? Can
3: What's
1: I that? say? Oh. Uh, eight, were you going to add one? Were you going to add one more thing? Eight, I
3: did. Eight? It was just really, really quick. If it's okay.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure.
3: Okay, um, I, this is what I forgot to say. So I remember I told you all I am leaving, and so part of my codification has been to say Dr. Frances Kershaw's name to his many, not just her name, but even the cows, guys, everything, like just spread as much information to the black people as possible before I go. And um, I kept doing that, and with like some young black females, uh, they, there was a sister soldier video that someone posted on page, and I watched. And I was like at the edge of my seat, listening to her speak. I was like, right on, as Gus said. So I ran up to the front of the security officer, shared it with her. Um, two young females were walking out to, uh, I don't know, go get coffee or something like that. And uh, and I was like, yo, stop over here for a second. And I sat my phone and I did not care. No one's in the building. So really only us like servant people are there in the building. And um Played it and like I've just been sharing, sharing, sharing. And you know when they walked away, I was like, now don't talk about no foolishness. Talk about what you just saw. And so I'm just still. um, That's adding like that's just an enjoyment of mine right now because I feel free to do it. Like even if it turns around and it looks bad on me, like they're like, you didn't know I'm mean, it was so like U-gawa, black power. That I'm gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, ooh. Anyway, thank you very much. I did want to share that. I know
9: one, uh, Roz. Uh yes, greetings to you, Gus. Greetings to um eighteen forty two, the firefighter of Florida and the other callers. Um she is my heroine of the day. <laughs> I love her codification. I thought it was wonderful. Um when she discussed the white female uh giving her uh the 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 money and the way she did it, it made me think of the U log. I don't know how many people know about the U log, but the U log was something that the slave master would give to the slaves during the so-called Christmas horror day. And um what basically was a giant piece of wood that they would burn to warm their slave quarters. And as long as that wood was burning, they were considered to be free from working on the plantation. And um, once the wood finished burning, they would have to go back to their daily slave duties. And in some cases, the piece of wood was so big it would burn from the Christmas from Christmas through to New Year's. Um, so to me, it just and how she discussed the the kind of disdain and um, racist be- attitude with which the uh, racist female uh, gave her the money kind of made me think of what our ancestors probably used to go through when the slave master would come with that U log and basically say, "Okay, you niggas have some time off, but once this wood's finished burning." you're getting back to cracking that whip and, you know, putting you back on the plantation and abusing you at will. And I'm sure I'm sure even during the U logs burning they were abusing and probably raping black people anyway. But just wanted to toss that out there. Just kind of reminded me of that. Um I did have a couple of observations as well, but I'll talk about that a little later a little later and give someone else a chance to speak in case they wanted to um, speak in regards to what they've heard thus far. Thank you. Oh also I wanted to say the firefighter Florida, My Hero as well. I I stopped doing the the, uh, National Anthem probably back in, like, high school. (laughs) And I'm, like, 43 now. So definitely I'm with you on that. Um, Thank you so much, and I'll meet my line.
1: Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Well, we could hear you. Uh, But it looks like uh, Thomas in New York might have gotten disconnected. I reckon if he rings us back, we'll get his line as well. Um, In the meantime, uh, the other folks who dialed in who have a hand up should be with us. Can I be heard? Yes, sir.
10: Well, I've been on vacation this week um, for the. I guess we're all say the holiday. So went over to my children's house and watched a little TV. I watched a program. I think it was the Rubenstein, and it's a brother on the brother. They was interviewing a brother named Kenneth Chanel. He's over American um, Express, and. I drive a truck for a living and I notice I, I go to a lot of places they don't accept uh a lot of places don't accept American Express. I don't know if you're familiar, Gus, if you do do you do a lot of traveling. Have you noticed that?
1: Uh I have not traveled as extensively over the last year or so, but I have seen uh, throughout my life that uh not American Express doesn't seem to be as accepted as commonly uh, as some of the cards, MasterCard and some other brands.
10: Right, right. So when I when I seen him, I said, oh, OK, interesting. But um, outside of that, I don't have too much to report Um uh, Thank you for letting me share.
1: For sure, for sure. If uh, I think Thomas in New York, I think he should be back with us uh, if you want to try again. Can I be heard?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, good evening to all. Um, yeah, um, man, gosh, you said MasterCard. That's a great name for the card, right? Um, I, every time 1842 calls in, I think the same thing is like Man, that wasn't a good year for Black people. You know, I think, like, man, could you imagine a year in review for night for 1842? I mean, it'll probably be like 18 hours. Um, and congratulations to the firefighter, also to Roz, my man. And um, I just wanted to say, um, I've been experiencing. See, it's hard for me to call it, it workplace racism at my my night job, which I'm up getting dressed for now, but. um because I, the people I work for are Spanish. Um, you know, they're from the islands. But um, being that I'm a union employee, um, I'm not supposed to work two straight holidays. And um, somehow I had to work Thanksgiving, and then now they put me on for Christmas. And they also have me on for um um for for the um new year's holiday as well, so um it's sort of like hey, you know that that's not supposed to happen and um they kind of um you know lied to me about the the way things work and I found out later you know that they were being deceptive and um I'm kind of put in a position where um I might have to um get you know um a manager in trouble. Um, and if I do, I expect, you know, probably there'll be retaliation, but in order for my pay to be correct, if it's not correct, I would have to put, um, you know, someone um, well, I have to get, um, this person in trouble and, um, it, it's kind of put me between, um, as they say, a lock and a hard place. Um, so that's one of the situations I'm dealing with, um, as far as that goes, um, At My other job, very interested in the person that voted because um, I think I explained earlier they had a pizza thing and the kids came in and it was, you know, mostly these white kids and um, one of the black people brought in their kids. But either way, um, these white kids, somehow someone gave them some um, Sharpie markers. And um they wrote all over the conference on table, I mean, with these permanent markers, you know, I had to take pictures and send it to the boss who's on vacation. And um, you know, I mean, so it's they they're very unruly. Um, they 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 pretty much ran their parents, um, from what I saw. And um I kinda experienced that same thing. So I was like, Wow and of course this was during work hours so it wasn't like I could leave, you know, so it was kind of like I had to endure it, all the whining and crying, and um, as I told you last week on uh, um, the show, um, you know, one of them pointed and said, "You know, mommy, look, he's a black guy," you know, uh, <laughs> to the to my co-worker. So um, training them very young, and um, that was um, all I had to say as far as workplace racism goes. I meet my line. Thank you. Oh, one, one more thing. Um um as far as what Firefighter was talking about, um now I played high school football in the state of New Jersey and when when I played, um, you know, South Jersey, the white the whiter schools um preside down there. Um, they were more dominant as far as um, winning the state championships in, in Jersey. There's several state championships. It goes by the group, the size of your school, um plays other schools that size. However, um the championship was always held at Giant Stadium and uh, you know, when I played in the state championship and everything, it was at Giant Stadium. But now that the North Jersey school started winning, they've moved it to the Buckers Stadium, which is a lot smaller and um um not as nice. So I just thought that was very interesting when he said that they didn't allow them to go to the game. I mean my line thinks- hmm
1: with the your compensation you said that apparently somebody was not honest uh in uh informing you about this new job and then you getting scheduled for these consecutive uh holidays which you were told was not supposed to happen um is it is the man, is this the is the manager a non-white quote unquote hispanic or is the manager a white person or is it a is a black person yeah
2: well it's it's a dominican okay and being at um the being at the weekend fell on the holiday fellow on the weekend, that is my weekend off. They're not supposed to be able to take my weekend off away from me. Everyone gets one every other weekend off. That's how it works when you're in the union. So um, being that she wanted me to come in on Christmas Day and my shift starts at 11, I told her, you know, that it's not right, it's, you know, that I'll come in and work the holiday, but I'll only get one hour of overtime because once 12 hits, it's the next day and she says um what she told me to do which was totally illegal she told me um when i come in don't punch in so i started thinking to myself and she tells me don't tell anyone so you know of course you know there's an older guy who works there who um kind of been um guiding me along with some information and things so i tell him and he says you know by all means you punch in he says you know, don't. So, you know, that's like you not being here. You know, he says, uh right, let her adjust it later. So I punched in, and now she's saying because I punched in. Uh, and punching in was the right thing to do as far as I'm concerned because she could have said anything. And um, it would have been her whole word against mine. So um, either way, um, she sold me by me punching in. Um, because she didn't want to get she. I think she didn't want me to punch in because she would get in trouble from having me work two consecutive holidays and two consecutive weekends. You know that that's a double offense. So um, by by me punching in, she says she won't pay me my overtime. So I said, okay, well then I'm gonna have to go to the union and tell them that you told me not to punch in. You know, I mean you're gonna that's that's gonna get her in trouble. You know, potentially fired. Or or in severe trouble because she's not supposed to tell an employee that. And, um, you know, so she's like, oh, don't do that. I'm going to see what I could do for you, Papa. You know, you know, so we'll see. And that's, I'm doing my mind. Thank you.
1: I think you did the correct thing punching in. Like, I mean, we just, we've had too many uh, situations. Roz and a whole lot of other callers who've called in uh, where their compensation, uh, where whites aren't, just, off top whites do not compensate us correctly for anything and then even on that they're stealing left and right and not you know we wind up with a check with four hundred dollars is missing eight hundred dollars is missing I think the black female caller in New York she had shared about that uh, when she was working in New York where she said you know money was missing here and she had to go and do uh, do talk to a whole lot of white people and fill out paperwork and do all this anxiety uh, if they're going to remedy the situation so I think that is absolutely the correct thing to do and just in general anytime someone on the job where they're telling you to do something that you know is a flagrant violation of company policy like oh no don't clock in (laughs) like oh you were in an accident don't report that like anytime I would say I would strongly strongly uh advise against taking that advice uh because People just even if it's other non-white people, I mean, really want to be about justice with yourself, making sure that you are treated in a just manner, not being mistreated, not putting yourself in a position where someone can take advantage of you on the job, because this happens a lot. White people, non-white people, that's just the system of white supremacy. So uh, anytime someone is recommending a flagrant violation, that's why I said no policy and procedure, uh, I would because I think we had the caller uh, in. The D.C. area, Jamie, she dialed in where she said uh, it was a white woman. It tried to get her to uh, compensate a vendor like way ahead of time before they got the product. And she said, well, wait a minute. This is a violation of our policy. And she checked in with a more powerful person there. And they said, absolutely not. Do not do that. You that is potentially fraud like this is, you know, major, major violation. Do not do that. So I wouldn't care who it is. White person, non-white person. I, I just don't think. That is uh, ever really a good idea to flagrantly break a a rule or what have you that could put you in position to and particularly saying not punch in like, oh, my gosh, like I just I could see that in a variety of ways not working out well for you. It's hard for me to fathom how that's going to work out well for you in the end. If you do not punch in, I'll hush there. Other folks uh, with us have commentary. They want to share either on what they've heard thus far or if you have your own situation you want to address.
11: Heard. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, greetings to guts the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I had a conversation with a, a non-white female. I think she she uses the term that she's, I guess, Spanish and uh, Native American or something. But I don't think she's accepted as white. And uh, I told her about the guy uh that has been uh calling me a nigger or whatever so her and a, a white guy that she uh walks with i guess he's a the, the computer it person or whatever and like they've been having problems with this same white person like being very uh hostile and aggressive toward the two of them so i remember one time the white guy we were uh in the break room and they were having the food and festivities and he was the white guy. He told another white person, a powerful person that, you know, he was um, pretty much verbally assaulted and had a fiery encounter with that same, uh sad white male, white man. And he said, well, you know, he bothers, you know, he said my name, he bothers him all the time. <laughs> Because I guess, uh, you know, a non-white female had informed him. So white man, he told me, he said, hey, you know, we're we're going to take care of him. So whatever that even meant, he didn't explain what that means. So I just said, well, okay. So I guess he does that martial arts stuff, jiu I believe. So I still see the person. So going on the logic, whatever that meant didn't really mean much because I still see the person time time to time but you know I just pretty much just keep walking but you know he uh as I said he said this to a black female said that uh you nigger you can go and die or something and uh she said I guess she had some kind of sympathy for him or whatnot but you know I took the VGQ route with that and you know she said what she said and the next um observation was I was told by uh, a white female that um, her and uh, some other females were talking about how they think that I should get the employee of the year award or something like that if there was one because I don't think there is one because uh, they say that I have, I guess, a positive way about me and and the things that I say, you know, I ask people questions and that I talk about sobriety. <laughs> So you said you know, they say, Man, we need more people talking like that, like how you say it. So, you know, that's what they said they were discussing about me. Um, and, and the next one was uh there was a I was having a conversation with uh a black female about the another uh white woman that is in our working area and I guess she uh kinda has some suspicions because she is a I believe a Facebook friend with this person, and like I told you a couple of weeks ago that uh she worked in this convenience store and she was accused of being a racist by a black man, a black male I'm sorry about that black male, and the police came out there and said, "Oh no, you know this is a cool white chick, so this is the female the white female that is in question, and she pretty much several ties with her on the Facebook. And she said there was a questionable post that she put up about this is how people on the east side of town do things. And I guess she was trying to imply that uh, since there's a high population of melanated people on the uh, east side of town, like over here, you know, trying to, I guess, uh, pretty much make a mockery of black people. So, you know, it definitely seemed that she was uh, trying to communicate to me that, this person was practicing racism. So she had a suspicion and uh, you know, she started going into (laughs) things about history, about Harriet Tubman and and she said, oh man, if I ought to live back then and you know, Harriet Tubman wouldn't have had nothing on me. I was like, wow, man, you know, I'm just sitting there listening to this and uh, you know, she says things that she would have done. So, uh, and if I could share Just two more. I believe I shared this. I might not have. Like one of the times when uh, this guy, that same white guy, was very hostile. I said on the elevator to my supervisor at the time, it was it was him and a uh, you know white woman on there. So I said, yeah, like I, you know, I seen that same guy again, and I said, you you know the guy that was (laughs) you know the guy that was calling me a nigger, so. I said this explicitly, and, you know, I like that I said it too. And uh, the white younger person, she looked at me, she said, oh, my gosh, what? No, that can't be true. (laughs) That can't be true. Like, no, really? Did that happen? And now what was powerful was that the white guy, he didn't say nothing at all when I said that. You know, he just, you know, he got off of the uh, elevator and then just went on about his business. So I went to uh, my desk. And um, the, the last one was this same guy, he retired today. And in his uh, speech, he shared the metaphor about the mayonnaise jar that I had shared. Like, you know, they they said, well, you know, do you have any part in words? So he, he went into talking about the jar with the golf balls being the priority of what everybody should uh, care about. So I looked. I look, and uh, pretty much looked at the eyes of the people who was listening to him, and I don't think they really understood the significance of that. And uh, people was asked to pretty much bow down their heads and pray. And, you know, it was a bunch of food around. So uh, that's all I can think of right now. And uh, thank you for allowing me to share. I appreciate that.
1: Wow we had quite a bit it's supposed to be uh normally it slows down a little bit with the holidays and seems to have intensified um the uh the guy that called the black female the racist race soldier that called the black female uh a nigger and was verbally terrorizing her like uh that's I would have data on that too um just to show that this is you know widespread terroristic uh, behavior going on uh, in terms of, you know, what should be done about this. Cause I think you shared before about, you know, it seems like the people there, they know how to deal with terrorist situations. Uh, if a white woman or some, if a white woman is threatened or feeling unsafe, they know how to respond uh, adequately to get that stopped. Uh, and I, especially, I thought it was uh, phenomenal VGQ. Cause I think a lot of times, as I stated earlier, Um, We criticize how other victims respond to racism and, you know, we don't, I'm sure uh, that that black female, I'm sure she's not sitting around studying Dr. Francis Cress Welsing uh, every day and having a a tremendous understanding of racism, white supremacy. And even if she did, she is a victim of racism. That's how she chose to respond. BGQ. uh, I think that's the best route to go. So that was uh, phenomenal to hear. Um, I remember the metaphor about the mayonnaise jar because you shared it before. I had not heard it at that time. I think they finished it off with uh, coffee because that's the small greens. You can get that in at the end, but uh, the golf balls seemed like a Dr. Welsing moment, him emphasizing the significance of the uh, golf balls in the mayonnaise jar. If you haven't seen this, you can look online for this, uh, mayonnaise jar, uh, parable, uh, they're supposed to, I guess, teach you lessons about what is significant in life. But I know Dr. Welsing would, uh, get a big smile, uh, out of that one. Um, ah uh, yeah so, uh, so many different things, uh, in its a br- man, that is amazing. I hope you get the, uh, employee of the year that is amazing for asking questions and promoting sobriety amazing (laughs) we should do more of that ask more questions ask better questions and uh sobriety would be best say that all the time if uh if promoting that on the job gets you employee of the year then maybe more of us should say and that can be our excuse as well like, of course, t- sobriety. My ma- he just won uh, employee of the year. I'm trying to be like him, like going out to happy hour. Of course not. <laughs> that could be your excuse right there. I'm trying to win employee of the year. Let's see. Other folks who have commentary, if you either have your own incident you would like to share or if you want a commentary on what you've heard thus far, feel free. Everyone with a hand up. mine should be open. Anyone that we haven't heard from at all. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Um,
12: Yes, uh, I I just wanted to say um, I don't know um, exactly how much uh, details that I can give uh, about this uh, situation that I'm uh, about to share, but um, I'll try my best. Uh, I guess I'll say it like this. Uh, Somebody who I know um, who works in recruiting and staffing has – uh been making a tremendous effort to help victims of racism uh be placed in um very group positions and i i'm pleased to uh announce that um somebody i know who works in the recruiting industry has been uh successful in placing um uh one uh victim of racism um in a, in a well-paying job uh, in Chicago, um, working for a startup. So this is, um, a process that this, uh, friend of mine or, or whatever, um, has been, um, working at for a while and it's seeming to, um, produce, uh, really constructive results. Um, this person that I know that works in, um, staffing and recruiting, um, would definitely appreciate it. If you uh, if you were in the I guess the technical field if you do any sort of um, I guess anything from UX design to um, software engineering um, if you are looking for positions if you could send your resume to Gus uh, that would be the best route to go about this um, and then I will uh, take the steps to contact my friends who are in staff for recruiting to um, ensure that uh, something can be done. Um, it's not an instantaneous process. It's, uh, it requires uh, a little bit of research and, and work and uh, just the right opportunity um, uh, to match up. But at the same time, uh, it's working. And um, I'm having, or I'm a friend of mine is having a lot of success with this. So uh, I I guess that is my contribution to um, workplace racism on that front. Thank you.
1: Until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com Uh, That would definitely be the preference, not any of the other routes people use to uh, contact if you're going to send your resume, and then I will pass things along. Uh, Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Other folks that we have not heard from, anybody that we have not heard from at all who had commentary, and again, uh, we do have... Hey, Gus, can I... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to just
2: ask if I could say one thing before I have to head to the other plantation. Um, Last week, a caller called in, or they voted in, I believe, and they was talking about um, they have um, white and black employees who go out to eat and drink at lunchtime, and he's never invited. Uh, Do you remember that story? Yes. Yes, and I just wanted to say that um, he he said that he didn't think they liked him. And um, to that person, in workplace environments, it never has to do with life it's just they don't trust you. Um, I don't think it's, it has to do with they don't like you. Um, white people drink with people they don't like all the time. It has to do with the fact that they don't trust you and um, maybe the conversations they have and things of that nature, um, they feel as though something that maybe you'll go back and talk about or you know, they have some type of mistrust towards you and um, you have to earn their trust if that's what you, the route you wanna go. I
1: would advise not to, and I'll meet my mom. Thank you. Right on. Appreciate that. Uh, folks, remember, this was uh, pretty much, I think that's the gist of it. this It was a black uh, male, white people were going out for drinks or lunch or whatever it is with <clears throat> white people and black people going out together for this lunch, happy hour, or whatever it is, after hours, doing work, whatever it was, and he was feeling. Um, I guess it could be an issue since he was not being invited. And I think pretty much everybody took the same view that, that, um, you might be better off, uh, not attending. And, uh, yeah, I think Thomas just adding that it might not even be an issue of them not liking you a trust issue. I think that's, uh, important as well. Uh, other folks have commentary they want to add, either if you have uh, questions or comments about what we've heard thus far, or if you have your own situation you want to discuss. Can I be heard? Yes, sir.
9: Uh, greetings to you again, Gus. Um, I'll get into my workplace observations. Um, today, they had a gathering for the people that will be leaving as of tomorrow will be their last day. So it was quite a quite a bit. I would say the vast majority of people that were in my department um, were given a severance package. And um all kinds of stuff so basically only for those people who stayed until the 30th of december so they had a gathering today of course they're going to have alcohol so they had a uh, champagne and they had a bunch of uh chocolates and stuff didn't eat the chocolate didn't touch the champagne and they went through uh giving diff- some of the different people that were leaving giving them accolades and just talking about the work they did and thanking everyone Now the general consensus with the people that were leaving was that um, (laughs) all of those white supervisors were full of it. Um, There were a lot of rumblings and uh, and uh, whispers going on regarding just the quality of how they were treated at the company before it came to this point. And they had a non-white female supervisor who I get got along with very well. Um, She's of uh, quote-unquote mixed race heritage. Um, I believe it's her mother that's white and her father that's black and um, she actually was very pleasant to work with um, and there were some things that came up and at the job when they were talking about her because she'll also be leaving as well and they were discussing some of the policies that she instated in regards to um, helping the workers feel uh, more respected uh, just giving them accolades when they ever, when they did good work. Like she started these programs and I didn't even know she was the one who thought of these things. And I thought about it. So once she's gone with someone of these pale faces, will take credit for it and act like if they, they thought it up, but um, she actually did quite a bit of good work. And it was interesting recently we were talking and we got into some counter-racist discussion and um, cause she's always picking my brain about books and, um, all kinds of information about, um, African history and stuff. She'll like talk to me about that stuff. And we've known each other for quite a while now. And, um, ultimately we ended up discussing racism and it was weird because I know she has some white family members, um, And I think she has been experiencing mistreatment from some of those family members, but at least she's been potentially making observations that are bringing her to different realizations. And she basically says she was fed up and she needs to just start doing things a little differently. So um, we talked about racism in the medical field, ended up talking about Dr. Harriet Washington's book, um, Vanilla Randall's book, uh, Dorothy Roberts' books. Um, and she was very happy about that information. She actually told me that she was dealing with fibroids, so I gave her information on how to um, facilitate working on that. Naturally, she said she didn't want to deal with any sort of chemicals or stuff that the doctor gave. When I discussed um, medical apartheid with her, and um, a doctor, I think it's Marion Sims, who uh, butchered uh, the black females and got accolades as the father of gynecology, I Told her about that, and she was just fascinated. So I gave her that information. We talked about Dr. Wilson's work, all kinds of stuff, and um, so it turned out to work out really well. And then um, at that the same event, the uh, racist manager who presides over the whole department was where she was basically. Thanking people and making all of these company based statements that were basically lies because they knew they were mistreating everyone there for as long as we worked there, um, which is why it was her who caused the most uh, rumblings amongst the crowd as to the BS that was happening in that room. Um, so, just wanted to throw that out there in regards to that situation. And then, uh, riding home today, I came across a, a, a white male that I see quite regularly um, drinking alcohol. He had about four beer cans between New York Penn Station and uh, where I get off in central New Jersey in Hamilton. He literally had about four beers on the way home. And um, I thought about everything we talk about, because I brought this up before, about Black people being very careful about um, these white people that they encounter. You never know what they're on. They drink, they do their drugs, like first thing in the morning, they drink and do their drugs throughout the day at work, and they drink and do their drugs on the way home from work. So we really have to be conscientious about the white people that are around us. And if there's any sort of potential negative situation, just be conscientious of the fact that that person is possibly and more than likely, especially during the holiday season, probably high or drunk, which means that there's a heightened chance of something potentially dangerous taking place, and to just be wary of that. So I just wanted to toss those things out there and say thank you for um,
1: taking my call and I'll be my line Absolutely. White people, alcohol, always a dangerous situation just seeing that this continues to come up in workplace racism that you know should signify quite a bit right there um seems like at least some of you all not everyone but at least seems like you know quite a few of you all have uh been able to do some quality sharing with other victims of racism on the job that is commendable um i know that's not necessarily I mean in any environment that's not always the easiest thing to do for uh many of us but certainly on the job uh with all the pressures uh, that are added and that sort of environment to still be able to reach out and have uh quality contact with other black people where you can exchange views and bring up constructive info on counter racism that's uh outstanding <laughs> for people that have been able to to pull that off thus far um let's see uh Anybody that we have missed totally anybody that we have not heard from at all. Again, I think we do have more spectators uh hanging out this time. I guess people uh could perhaps maybe use the excuse that it's the holidays and I'm sure there are a lot of people who uh either have had more time off, uh might not be working at all and some people you might not have to go back in until 2017 uh but you I think for most of us you will be headed back there soon if you're not there already. Uh, I think 1842 1842- will be headed back there eventually. So, uh, we should still be thinking, uh, scheming cause I'm sure, uh, races, some of them right now are sitting at home and thinking about, uh, the things that they will have in store for us, uh, come Monday. I think that'll be January 2nd. Uh, if people return then, uh, which we'll be waiting for. So we should already have that in mind. If they don't take vacations. We shouldn't either. Uh, feel free to chime in if you have your other thoughts or suggestions on what we've heard thus far. Um, let's see. I guess the get this in last since it's it's about to wrap up with the holiday situation, any of the office party situations, did folks have anything uh, happen over the past week or so? Uh, any of those parties wrapping up or any of those engagements that you had to deal with? I don't know if folks had to do like the gift, Uh, Exchange because sometimes you get wrapped into that. That can be a big deal if you choose not to participate, or even the year-end parties. I guess some people do have uh, New Year's Eve parties and what have you. Anyone having to deal with that as we kind of push off? We'll hopefully be done with all that by the time we do Workplace Racism next week.
9: Um, Can I be heard? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. I just wanted to touch on um, the, the Christmas party at my job. Now, I didn't go, and I'm glad I didn't go. Um, I don't like to be around white people at all. So <laughs> once the workplace situation is over, I'm out, and I'm going to go home at that point. So um, what I did hear, though, is that there were a couple of drunken antics that took place um, uh, during the Christmas party, where one person um, was drunk. Somebody had spilled, dropped a glass, shattered the glass, and there was another drunk coworker that was barefoot, like, right near the area where the glass broke. That was, excuse me, that was one issue. Then another guy, um, a Latino guy, uh, and this is a non-white Latino guy, quote-unquote Latino. Um, I hate that term. Um, anyway, he said that he was sitting at the bar. And he was drinking something um, at the bar. And when the glass was knocked over, that the bartender (laughs) literally assaulted him and, like, came after him and, like, said he's a troublemaker, that he was the one who knocked the glass on the ground. He he didn't have anything to do with it whatsoever. And the guy was just, like, accusing him and just just verbally land blasting him right there on the dance floor and whatnot until um, one of his coworkers came up and basically said that he had nothing to do with it. He was just sitting there minding his business, and the guy just assumed it was him, called them all kinds of troublemakers, and like was land blasting him right there on the dance floor. So um, another coworker, actually, when I was hearing all of the stuff that took place, ended up saying that they need to start giving out provisions on conduct <laughs> at these parties because sometimes these people get drunk and don't know how to behave, I heard about another incident at a bar, which I wasn't privy to that because I don't go to bars at all, and I definitely would not go with a bunch of tailfaces. And um, they got kicked out of the bar for just acting up (laughs) from what I heard. So there's a few things that have taken place that, thank goodness, I was not there for, was not privy to. But again, it lends, lends back to what you always say, which I propagate as well. Sobriety would be best, and especially when you're around the most dangerous predatory killers that have ever walked the face of the planet Earth. There's no living organism that has killed more than white people.
1: Thank you, and I'll meet my line. Wow. I've heard the exact same thing. Like, I've been on jobs uh, in training where it was, in fact, I've been on jobs where it was brought up repeatedly in my tenure on the job about the notorious misconduct at these uh, office parties, uh, where I've heard white people talking about people were fired uh, sexual misconduct. People got drunk. I mean, just all kinds of debauchery. Uh, it's just known. That's why I would keep that in mind. And like the caller who wrote in, who said that he went after he was nagged, he wasn't going to go and they nagged and nagged and nagged. And he went, that's why I say, if you see anything, he went and he saw the little white child came up and did the shot. And that was, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave now. Um, I would have a code if you got to participate and you can just have that. So you already know, and it goes for any of them, whether it's the holiday parties, uh, cause I know sometimes they have stuff. I know I've been on jobs, so they do stuff for the summertime. Uh, it'll either be uh July 4th or just uh, in general it's summertime. Cause so we're going to have a summer barbecue, uh, office barbecue or something like that, uh, or birthday parties or anything that comes up. I would just file all that information away. Uh, and so then, Even if you, even though you didn't attend, like with Roz's situation, you hear about all this stuff. I wasn't present for it, but this will be the gossip, you know, in the office for the next month or so. Uh, Next time the invite goes out for, Hey, we're going to go out for a few drinks. You know, it's Don's birthday or, you know, Sheila's getting married or whatever. We're going to go, you know, have a, have a, have a nightcap. Oh, no, no, thank you. I'm I'm not going to pretend. Well, what do you mean? We're just go- Well, you know, remember what happened at the Christmas party and, you know, people were talking about we have to add that to the training. So, you know, I, I think I'm just going to pass. I try to stay sober. I think that's a good uh, a good strategy. And, and I just I try to avoid all that. I'm not even a bar person. You just add that to your commentary uh, if they have any of these sort of things happen. Uh, At an event or even if it happened before you got there, because I've had that happen too, where you go to a job and the conduct was so bad at previous parties that they were talking about it a year later or years later, they were still talking about it. So I would just add that uh, to the narrative. I was going to say that as well. I do think it's very constructive. uh, The audio clip we heard at the beginning, if you can generate uh, a resource, like if you have someone who has worked uh, at your place of employment for. 10 years 15 years significantly longer than you have it can be great because they've been there for like 15 Christmas parties so they've probably seen all kinds of things they can give you a lot of information if it's a non-white person like that on the job where you can be friendly with them and get some information great if you're in a situation where you don't have that and you'd end up having to talk to a white person if it's a white person that you can just listen to this is not your friend (laughs) so that this is not your friend but you could just talk to them about what they've seen over ten, fifteen years, however long they've been there. Learn more information about things that have happened. I think how the business has grown that can be to your advantage as well. Wanted to make sure I shared that. I've said that before, but I do think that's important. Uh, other folks have commentary, uh, things they wanted to share.
12: Hey Gus, can
9: I touch on what you just said?
1: Sure. I'm
9: sorry, Gus. I just wanted to
1: um, just speak a little bit on what you just
9: said. Um, you made me think about something too because. <clears throat> when you're discussing how you, when you started jobs, you've heard about things that happened years prior. And it kind of made me think of something that um, Oprah Winfrey would say quite often, which is when you meet people, and I I think she got that from Maya Angelou, when you meet people for the first time and they tell you who they are, believe them. And it's the same thing with these companies. When you go to these companies and you hear horrific things about them or just the craziest of stories, do not discount them because they're basically telling you what you're walking into. So when you hear those Christmas story, those Christmas um party stories or the, the, the barbecue stories and things like that, take those things seriously. Don't walk into those jobs aloof, assuming that, oh, that was just, you know, three or four years ago. No, that's taking place right then and there. It took place the year before you got there. And the year that you're there is going to happen, too. So just always remember that that culture. Remains constant in the system of white supremacy, which is a culture of debauchery, sexual deviance, and just complete terrorism, whether it's psychological or actual, um, against non-white people. Thank you so
1: much, Dust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get out of it if you can, if you got to go be codified and take notes. I would do that too. Like the person that was there for, I don't, I don't think he said how long he was there, but I guess he got there at five thirty. It started at six and then the children went wild, the children of the corn. Um, I would take notes just, that can just be for you personally, uh, in terms of what you saw, it seemed like he got good detail about, you know, victims and what they were doing and, and the little racist children running around and their antics, like just take notes, just take it as an opportunity where you are inser- observing, Uh, racists in a different environment Uh, so you can, you know, note some of the subtle changes uh, in how they conduct themselves and you're getting to see them intoxicated. So if you, you got to go, that can be something that you do to kind of stay disciplined, stay focused uh, while you're there. And then as soon as I, I would say, as soon as you feel uncomfortable, if you've been there 30, 40 minutes and you're already feeling uncomfortable and unpleasant. Like it's it's not even seeming like something where you can just you know sit and tolerate things uh, for an hour or whatever it is. I'll go ahead and dip. If you've been there and you run around, you made your rounds, people saw you, you've done your 45 minutes. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and leave. I would say that. I always think that's better to go ahead and leave before you hang out and things get worse people. Cause they're going to continue drinking and that sort of thing. So I mean, it could, it could get dramatically worse and quick. So as soon as you start to feel like you're uncomfortable, you've done your 30, 40 minutes. Peace. I will catch you all on Monday. Uh, other folks have commentary they would like to share uh if you have commentary on what uh, you've heard from other callers or folks who wrote in or if you have your own situation you would like to discuss feel free the number again 641 715 3640 the code 564943 pound press star 6 if you would like to participate Uh, the caller who dialed in on the vote line, you should be with us. Hello? Yes, ma'am.
4: Hi, Um, I just um, have been recently listening to your show, and I just wanted to share, like, what's going on at my job. That's okay?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's what we're here for. Please proceed, ma'am.
4: Yeah, so I recently went to a Christmas party um, last week, and I didn't want to go, but I just went to show that, you know, I'm not anti social or, you know, because they like to say, like, you're antisocial if you don't go to their events, but I just really don't want to be around them. I don't trust them, <laughs> so I don't know if there's any tips you can give me, like, um, to get out of interacting with them or going to their events because I really don't want anything to do with them. And that's pretty much it.
1: Hmm. That exactly what you said, that comes up all the time. I think uh, we had a caller who wrote in about that uh, at the very beginning of the program saying that uh, same thing. They're having their end of the year holiday party, Uh, He didn't want to go. I guess they asked him multiple times and he rebuffed, rebuffed, and they just kept asking, kept asking. He said that they became increasingly aggressive uh, in asking him. And so he finally conceded uh, and said he would go and then he didn't enjoy it. Um, A lot of us, too, are in environments where if you reject and say, well, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do the office parties. Uh, then they can say, well, you're not a team player, or it seems like you're not a part of our family. You're not a good fit. So then that can be grounds for them getting rid of you. So, uh, it really, it's, it's one of those things where you have to make an assessment about, uh, what you, what you think about your environment. Is this, is this the sort of thing if I don't go to the Christmas party, uh, is this going to be something where they justify not giving me a raise or a promotion or even, you know, moving, uh, thinking about getting rid of me, uh, or is this just going to be something where they're just, you know, slightly bothered or what have you for a couple, a few minutes or a day or so. And it moves forward. It doesn't impact my career, that sort of thing. If you're in a, in a position where you don't think it's going to impact you at all, Hey, I would say, don't go. You can just say you have uh, previous family engagements. If you have family in town, uh, that you have to uh, take care of, uh, in on, and you just don't have time to do so. I always, uh, suggest or, or think it It is possible to work if you just say that you've had because if this, if it's a situation, if it's a party where, you know, it's going to be alcohol, it's at a bar or, you know, going that alcohol is going to be served. Hey, I've had issues uh, with substance abuse, even if it's not you directly, just uh, people that I care about in my life have had substance abuse issues. And I just I make an effort to not be uh, in Uh, at bars or places where it's going to be alcohol and what have you. I've just seen where that can do a lot of damage. So I just don't put myself in those sort of environments. I think generally people would accept that. Um, I think there are a lot of other just, you have something to, I, some people, they even go the minimal route. Just I'm occupied. I just don't have time. I've got a previous engagement and leave it at that. They don't even explain. Uh, and you know, I just, I can't go into detail, but I've got a previous commitment just don't have time uh, this time around. I hope you all have a great, great time. Uh, you know, have a drink for me or have a dance for me or what have you, but I just, I just don't have the time and ability to be there. Uh, if you, if you feel like it's a situation that you, or I guess I'll stop there. Is this a situation where you feel like you, you got to go and you just got to, try to endure 40 minutes of being there? Or is this a situation where you think you could just say, Hey, I, I got a previous commitment. I'm just not going to be able to make it.
4: I feel like I have to go or I won't be promoted or I can be fired. I just kind of get that from, from the job. Like if you have to be a team member or a team player.
1: Okay. Uh, Do you have, um, do you have a, another black person that you trust that you could go and be at this event for I don't know whatever time period you feel just that people saw you you spoke you had a beverage or whatever a non-alcoholic beverage um so that people saw you you were present how long uh, do you just know at least one black person that would uh, be able to accompany you to this event Uh
4: no I have one black coworker but she just I don't want to call her a name or anything, but she just is too, like, too talkative with white people. Like, she likes to say how she doesn't date black men and, you know, it's just, she's not the kind of black person that I want to be around either or talk to. So I pretty much just stay to myself, um, just try to focus on my work and that's about it. But I just really don't want to go to these potlucks. I mean, um,
12: yeah. Can, <laughs> Sorry. can I be heard? Yes, sir. Can you I be heard? Uh, uh, to the caller, um, my suggestion is to, um, it, it comes from uh, my time in the nightlife industry. Um, people in the nightlife industry uh, they would call it showing face that is showing up at an event um, to simply uh, say that you were present maybe even posing for a photo with uh, one of your coworkers just for fun to really underscore that you were there if you're if you're really going to go forward with that but um they would um their codification was or the codification at the time was to um, show up at the event. Um, if you didn't want to drink alcohol, you get yourself uh, soda water and a lime, and then carry on conversation with the people that you have uh, the le- that you find the least offensive for at least two minutes, and talk to three people in this order. Uh, strategically placed around the event and then you can exit in about 45 minutes and that will uh, you know pretty much count you as having been there and um, and you will not uh, incur any sort of wrath that may come about from being labeled as an individual or not a team player or not a part of company culture. I will say this, employers are um, very, very, very keen on um, cultural fit. That is just something that I'm seeing coming up uh, with employers uh, since I've been or since I've been familiar with the employment industry uh, since, I believe, 2013. So since then, this whole notion of uh, cultural fit is a, a big indicator of uh, if an employee will stick around. And, uh, and that is oftentimes measured by simple things, such as showing up for uh, these events and um, not making a fuss about showing up for these events. That's something else that they're going to pick up on. If you express that you don't want to do this for any reason, they're going to, especially if you're a victim of uh, racism, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to be aware of that, and they're going to, be, uh, and they're going to register that. So to just arouse the uh, least amount of suspicion or trouble, just uh, think of it as part of your job to show face at some of these events. And uh, if you keep codified and if you know what you're doing the whole time, it should
1: go with a breeze. Okay. Thank can you. heard. Yes, Roz, we can hear you.
9: All uh, right. Uh, yes, I wanted to speak to that too. I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Um, if you feel feel that um, there would be negative repercussions, um, something that I know that has worked for me, and I've seen it work for others as well. And I think um, if that was Ken Steele, I think um, he's absolutely right. Where you shouldn't voice your disdain for being at these events in any way around your coworkers. Um, but something that has worked is um, where I've actually had to like had a responsibility, whether it was picking up my son from school, um, something of that nature or taking care of a relative. Um, where something where it's a necessity that, you're, that you go take care of that specific situation. And of course, there's other scenarios that are not after hours, let's say, um, where there is no alcohol. If it's like a company barbecue during your know, lunch break or something, you can you know, show face there. But anything that has to do with after hours. I have an obligation, whether it's, you know, taking care of a sick relative, picking up a a, a child from school, whether it's yours or a a relative's child who you you babysit or watch in the evening, and just have that be that consistent situation where they know this is what this person does every day. So if this event's taking place at this time, we know that they're not going to be able to make it. But we have seen them appear at, you know, some other event that was not after hours or something of that nature. So that way you can kind of have that balance in regards to just, like you said, um, like I think it was, I can still say, um, at least being a part of the company culture, but not being forced to spend time that's outside of company time after hours with these same terrorists that you work with every day. And the other thing I thought about, too, was the use of that term family, because I hear that on my job, too, and quite a few jobs i worked in. They'll say, oh, look, well, you know, you're part of the family, and I, it's nauseating as all get up to me when I hear that because it just reminds me of how our ancestors were just severely abused, raped, mistreated on the plantation, and then they would say, oh, that nigga over there is man," They just raped you, like, you know, an hour before... And you're in severe discomfort from that abuse, but yet you're family to them. And that's exactly what happens on the job. You're family, but they're abusing you. They're terrorizing you. They're forcing you to be around these terrorists when you don't want to be around them, but yet you're family. So it's just something that I thought about just listening to that. It just reminded me of that that nauseous feeling I get when I hear, oh, you're a part of the family.
1: Thank you, and I'll meet my line. Absolutely. I would also, I know the female caller, if you're still with us, ma'am, Uh, where you were saying you felt like the, the, well, I guess maybe one of the only few other black females on the job or black people on the job. Maybe she's not as codified. Maybe she doesn't, she's maybe a bit, maybe a little bit more confused about racism. Um, I don't, some, some of these events, they allow you to bring someone who's not with the company to the event. Like you can do a plus one, bring a guest. If they allow you to bring a guest, if there's someone else, uh, in your life, family member, friend, Mm -hmm. That, you know, you at least trust you can hang with them for an hour uh, and just to be there with you and keep you company. I think that would help, too, particularly if if the people that you work with are really nerve plucking. Uh, You all can do exactly has been stated. You all can make the rounds, speak, get a water, have a seat. And then you two can talk or if there is one other uh, person or a couple other people uh, on the job. Uh, that you can tolerate, you can be around and just you know do small talk. What have you been doing? What do you got planned for the new year? How's your holiday been? Did you get what you want? Blah 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 blah. You can just do that little you know nonsense, and the clock will be ticking. If you got at least one person there that you can bring, that you can talk with that is not hostile to you, you all can you know make it for an hour. I think uh, I think you can get through it without it being too difficult. Um, it, just doing exactly as stated before. If they got a photo op, you do your quick photo. Forty five minutes will go by before you know it, especially if you have that one person. It might be a little tougher if you have to do it by yourself, but I would do my photo. I would go around two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, keep walking, have a water, make a trip to the bath. If you need a moment, go out, use the bathroom. You can get on your phone and do a text message. Do, you know, a calm moment of meditation. Dr. Wells give me strength. Give me strength. You go out and you do another 20 minutes. You go to the bathroom again. I drank all this water. I'm just, you know, got to go, go to the bathroom again, do a text, meditate. You go back out and it'll be time to go. Uh, can I, can I be heard? Yes, sir.
12: Um, quick question. Um, did, you know, now that I'm, I'm thinking about this, this is something that um, frequently comes up at work uh, on Monday. Um, every Monday, uh, since I've been at, you know, uh, in, in corporate America or whatever, uh, this question always stumps me. What did you do last weekend or how was your weekend? I always feel like I don't give a, a complete enough answer. Um, I always feel like I stammer over my words. I always feel like they can tell that, um, I am purposely not, uh revealing what happened um during my weekend what do you think is the best codified response to um how was your weekend i typically now just to offer some examples of uh responses that i give um i'll typically say you know i had a really relaxing weekend um and and then i'll say it at that or um you know i Uh, I, I just, uh, hung out. I, you know, even when trying to draw examples from my mind, I can't, I just draw a blank. I have no idea what to properly say, um, for what you did last weekend. I, and for the life of me, I never feel comfortable saying exactly what it was that I got into that particular weekend. Even if it was nothing, I don't feel comfortable telling them that either. So what is the best code of response?
1: I think we had a caller before who was who was talking about being on a job where they had they would get those type of questions and just kinda of small talk and they either weren't comfortable or they just they worked with a lot of racists, so I mean they just weren't interested in that sort of thing. And I just recommended like just have a little list. Like I mean literally you can make it something where you just kinda of jot it down uh on your phone or what have you, where you have easy access to it. But uh I would Oh, I just vegged out and watched Netflix. That would be one uh, that you can get away with probably Uh every other month or so. Uh, Oh, I caught up on my laundry. Uh, Oh, we cooked. And I would even pick out one specific thing. I would just pick out innocuous things. Oh, we cooked. There was a recipe I had been thinking about. Bam, knocked it out. It was fantastic. Great food kicked it for the weekend, or I would just pick out if you hung out with the family. I know I would get away with that one at least twice a month. Just hung out with the family, didn't do much, just sat around, watched a little television. Um, I would just mm-hmm. make a list of those type of little innocuous things that you're really not going into detail, you're not naming anybody that you were with, uh, and I mean, you're really not saying anything. We mentioned cleaning, television, and food.
12: Any, you know, one thing that always trips me up, I've tried to use sport. And then they'll bring up a specific thing that happened during the sporting event. And then I, I feel like my cover is completely blown. I have no idea how to respond to that or it'll get too political. If sports gets brought into the thrown into the mix, you know, that's just a really touchy subject. So I really do appreciate the suggestions to say about cooking other, but the thing I fear about saying things like cooking or Netflix, They may follow up with what did you watch or what did you cook and stuff like that. I just, I really, I'm still looking for something that is, um, that is going to get me out of that situation without leaving me with a slimy feeling that I get after that conversation, because I really do feel bad after the, what did you do last weekend conversation.
2: Can I be heard?
6: Yes, sir.
12: Uh, Yes, I could, I could
9: understand that. Um, I keep it real simple. Um, I'll just say I spent time with the family. Um, Like, like I said, I just, I tell them as little as possible. And I usually flip it back on them with a question. I'll just say, well, what did you do this weekend? Um, That's usually what I do. And it tends to work. Um, another thing too, is if you did bring up sports, let's say, and they brought up a specific event, oh, well, I might've been at the bathroom during that event. So I missed that event. I know I had to run to the bathroom a couple of times. So, um, more than likely I missed that particular shot you're talking about, or that particular play on the football field or whatever the case may be, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, just, I try to keep it as simple as possible. And you know what, it's weird that you said that you feel bad because, you know, you, you, all of us want to be our whole human selves. That's just our natural inclination to want to be our whole human selves. But we're dealing with inhuman, subhuman beings. So we have to then curb who we really are in order to keep things as codified as possible to protect ourselves. And I think that's where that discomfort comes from, just wanting to be your whole self. And you're not able to do so because you're dealing with terrorists every day. So what I do is I'll reverse that. I understand. I'm dealing with terrorists. So you get nothing from me. And if I happen to give you a little bit, that's fine. And then just take that and keep it moving. As long as I know that I'm not doing something that is uh, getting me an adverse reaction from the other party. So in other words, if I'm getting an adverse reaction, then, okay, I might need to give them a little detail every now and then. But if I'm able to just get that off and they're out of my face and out of my circumference, and they're not making me sick epigenetically, then I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. So I would would try to psychologically flip that thought process and instead – of feeling victimized by not being able to be your whole self, always remember that in their terrorism, they're being their whole selves with you. And when they're nice to you, they're not being their whole selves. And that'll help to balance off that discomfort that you might have by not being able to be your genuine self. Thank
1: you. And I'll meet my line. Oh, wow. Thanks. I think with that sports thing as well, because I think Thomas in New York and some of our other uh, callers, we had a uh, listener wrote. I don't know if it was the female who just uh, shared or if it was a different person, but they were uh, unclear about how to dial in. The number again is six, four, one, seven, one, five, three, six, four, zero, the code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound press star six. If you would like to participate, I know I've had, uh, victims of racism previously who said that, uh, Thomas in New York, we've had other callers who said that, you know, they do, they do not talk about sports on the job. Uh, even if they do enjoy sports, they still are not going to talk about it, uh, on the job just because of the racist stereotypes associated with that. Um, I have, I have known some victims where they flipped this around and they were genuinely not very interested in sports so they would take advantage of that and always get things wrong like they would white people would bring up sports assuming that they knew about the game but they would just botch it every time and so uh, and they would just make this their own personal joke uh because the white people would just get like oh man you don't even know you don't even know G-. <laughs> and they, it, would, it would almost be like they would be frustrated because this black person kept botching it so it would be like they would uh they be, oh, did you watch the game this week? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron, he's so great, man. He's he's been winning with the Golden State Warriors for so long. they be like, What are you talking about? He doesn't play for the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. I get I get confused because I just didn't watch. And he would just keep doing that. And it, I mean it was amazing, but it would work. And I take the white people would be the ones who would be more like, What are you talking about? He doesn't even play. You don't even know and he would just keep going, like, Yeah, yeah, I just didn't I just didn't watch growing up. I still, you know, I don't really follow it too tough. I see it every now and then, but yeah. Yeah, just, you know, I don't know it that well, my bad. I get confused about who plays where and what they did, but you can do that too. So if they ask, like, oh, yeah, we watched, yep, I saw the game, hmm mm-hmm. And then if you mess up, oh, yeah, that's right, I don't – I'm not a big fan. I watch it from time to time, but, yeah, I get I get confused, my bad.
7: Okay, good. that's awesome. actually
1: – that's
9: brilliant because if you think about it, if you're a person who actually is into, into sports and know what you're talking about – with white people they'll tend to become more argumentative because their team is the better team let's say if you have if you your team is a different one from theirs so to actually actually play that role and do it that way is hilarious you'll get their go every time They're getting agitated, and you're having fun. I would have killed over laughing every time. (laughs) That is brilliant. That is so, so brilliant. But I agree with not even discussing sports. That's something I wouldn't do. But if I was to discuss it, that would be the capacity in which, because I would have a field day laughing at them all day long. Thank you. (laughs) I'm doing my line.
1: That might even keep it from getting way political because I think you had said that <laughs> it'll end up becoming. I mean, if you're botching yeah. it, they're gonna have a hard time, you know, coming at you and trying to talk to you tough about that Cam Newton and what he said and what you. I mean, if you' messing it up, yeah, Cam Newton is great, man. He was with. Remember when the Forty ers went to the Super Bowl? He was like, "What are you talking about? He doesn't even." All oh, right, right, right. I, yeah, yeah, uh, That was. Yeah, I just I got confused. I'm sorry. It was. Yeah, right, right. And that's going that's gonna nip it all in the bud from it getting too serious. Absolutely. It'll buffer it from going in any negative direction and you will have the
9: time of your life laughing at them while they're, they're thinking they're correcting you. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. That mm-hmm. is an awesome codification. Wow.
12: Oh, okay. Um, speaking of sports, uh, can, I, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay. Speaking of sports and uh, the workplace, one thing that i noticed uh i think it was either uh yeah it was last week one thing that i noticed was that a victim of racism um who is a prominent sports figure i guess um was recently stopped by law enforcement officers uh who i or rather race soldiers that were pretend to be law enforcement officers he was stopped for um driving while intoxicated and apparently he was stopped at some sort of stoplight and the uh, uh, suspected race soldiers. They got him on camera. I'd never, I haven't really, I haven't seen this um, except for one other time uh, while living in Chicago, there was a girl that, oh, uh, 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 I believe a white woman who was uh, drunk and who had stopped in the middle of uh, 94 and they got that on camera. But this was a person who was stopped at a um stop sign, uh a stoplight. Um and all of the suspected white supremacist males at my in my office, they were all playing this video all throughout the day. They all had something to say about it. I stayed out of it. I pretended like I didn't even notice that they were doing this. But this was a video that I was seeing being played on at nearly every single uh, one of their computer monitors, and I, I'm just wondering, um, uh, did anybody else notice this uh, in their office space, or was this just something that happened in my office space? Because this is—I so, I mean, like this is another thing that that keeps on coming up in, in my workplace. They'll have uh, black people doing bad or, or messing up, and it'll be the secret email chain or the secret. Thing where everybody's watching it and talking about it, and I don't know, it always makes me feel uncomfortable. Has anybody noticed
9: this? I've seen that at other jobs, not at the job that I'm at currently, but I've seen that at other jobs where they'll have these little secret conversations, and like you said, the email chain thing, and it'll only be specific people, but they, there will be white people, and it'll be some sort of incident that involves a black person, and it's almost like... um like it's a spectator sport and they're watching something that they, they deem funny kind of like how the plantation master would do the same thing. They'll find, you know, a bunch of black people practicing the dozens or whatever, and they would just get a a kick out of watching them disrespect each other and be anti-black. So they'll take a video of something negative a black person is doing that's on YouTube and they'll sit there and they'll spread it all throughout the office and then have their little hush hush conversations about it. And, and what I've noticed too with them, if it is something that involves a black person, they'll sometimes look at you as if you represent your people in the way that that person represents their people. I've seen it even in New York on the subway. If there's a homeless black person and the car has way more white people than black people,
12: sometimes they get that,
9: that look as if like, like, oh, well, he represents your people. And it's this look they give you. And then and then I've also seen when one of their own is homeless and they're sounding off and they stink and they have t- torn shoes and life. And the white people look at them like, oh, man, you're the worst representation of what whiteness is supposed to be. And they would just look at them with scorn and toss their noses up. It's a very interesting thing, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Thank you.
1: Chantel, she was just on the program yesterday. Uh, I know. I don't know if she shared about it on the program, but I know she uh, spoke with me about it in detail. Uh, the white people on her previous job were notorious uh, for that. I think, in fact, it became a problem uh, where <clears throat> her manager uh, had to address it because it was leaking. Uh, They were sending all of these images and whether it was a story of a black person who, you know, got in trouble or whatever, or just their little racist commentary. But this was an all day, everyday activity. And when I say it was leaking, it was getting out to other people who were not necessarily in that circle. Uh, It ended up going to Chantel uh, that she was getting it and other people. Uh, And I think she and some other folks spoke up and were just like, you know, this is totally inappropriate uh, for the workplace. And, you know, I'm not interested in in getting it. That's when, you know, management stepped up and said something about it. But uh, and and even if you remember uh, the DOJ report on Ferguson. From last year where they said that this this seemed to be rampant activity there as well, uh, posting about black people. This seems to be a, another strong part of racist code, particularly now uh, just sending these little emails uh, amongst coworkers with all their. I mean, because you see people getting in trouble for this all the time, uh, whether it's emails or text messages uh, on their phone, it seems to be standard operating procedures. So I haven't uh, seen it. Uh, amongst whites that I've been around in any employment capacity, but I mean, just you, there's so many different cases of people getting in trouble for this, or this being brought up or it leaked out. Somebody got the email that wasn't supposed to, or they got a record of the text messages, uh, later on that this, you know, must be happening all the time. Uh, and surely then when they send those messages around, that is representative of all the black people, even, you know, the black person working right next to them.
9: Hey, Gus, can I relay something that I just saw that I think would qualify as workplace racism? It's just not my job. It's very interesting. Let's see. So it. Was, it, was, um, it was actually on the news, and there was a police officer who pulled over a young black male who had marijuana in his car. And he told him he would not arrest him if he did 500 push-ups.
12: There was 200
9: it was two, well, well, oh, okay, well, maybe it's 200, but, oh, you saw the clip, too? It just came on, and it was a black <laughs> yep, cop. Yep. It's the, I was like, what in the world is he doing? And, he got, <laughs> <laughs> he, he and then they said his mother said that she would have made him do 1,000 push-ups because she was mad that he got caught. And then it made me think of another incident that, um, actually, I think it was on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, because it was my wife who put it to me. It was a cop, two female cops who pulled over a black male who was a gospel singer. And they actually asked him to sing to them uh, some sort of R&B song, like a love song. And they would let him walk for the ticket because he was actually wrong. And he had to look at these pork pigs and sing how much he loved them. And it was the most (laughs) nauseating thing ever. And after he sang his heart out, you would have thought he was singing in front of the, the deity himself and they let him go. And I was just like, this is nauseating. This old but those are those the two things. Thank you. It's just crazy. It just blew my mind. What I just saw. Thank you.
1: Right on. Uh, I assume people are uh, chilling. I guess they're taking advantage uh, since they, some people uh, had limited work duty this week. Uh, they did not want to talk about workplace racism uh, for at least one week. Uh, other folks have uh, commentary they wanted to share related to workplace racism. Uh, and if folks are not having issues, uh, suddenly if whites have decided to behave uh, at the end of the year, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But be prepared because that just means they're going to go extra hard uh, come January 2nd this Monday. But any other folks have commentary, if you're listening, uh, you should go ahead and get a hand up now or other folks that are on the line. Uh, if you had anything else you wanted to add or questions about what you've heard thus far.
11: Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, I, I wanted to share just a, a few more things, Gus. uh Like I've, like sometimes I'm asked to to uh, witness to do, to, uh, well, to be like a witness in the marriage ceremonies. So since they passed the, uh, I guess it's called the same sex marriage law, I guess, or where they can uh, come in uh, and apply. Like I have seen like an increase of that happening. But uh two two things I wanted to point out on that is that the term like when they were doing the the ceremony, I guess like the booklet that they read out of, they when like it's, when they use the term uh you are now husband and wife and <laughs> they they switch up the words and they use the term spouse when there was two females but the term husband was used and the word spouse was used when it was two males. So I, I found that interesting. And um, it, like, they it would switch up parts. Instead, instead of saying, you're now husband and wife, say you are both spouses and have a happy life. So they just edited apparently. And uh, there was another conversation I had with a, a black female where she said, apparently there have been people calling up because she uh, does the marriage license um, sessions and there have been people calling up uh, saying, uh, given the assumption that they will get a discount off of paying for that marriage license because they're what they call same sex couples. So, she made a logical point and said, well, does that make us all equal? <laughs> you were trying to get equality, right? And she said, does that make us equal if you get a discount? So I thought that was very interesting. And she didn't say whether or not these were white people, but I suspect they could have been white because we were talking about how that comparison is made about the uh, the gay rights and the civil rights era. And uh, that's when she brought that up. So apparently it's been people calling up Uh, making an assumption that they will get a discount on paying for that marriage license uh, just because they are a a same-sex couple. So I think that could have been uh, racist behavior. And that's all I wanted to add. Thank
2: you.
1: That is intriguing. Why, how, that's an uh, f- even if it's just a rumor, like if it's no basis in fact that you know. Some, but I mean, if you said it's people are calling in, right? So it's more than one person apparently who thinks that if you are same sex, quote unquote, you get a discount if you get married, right? Right.
11: She said it was, it was quite a few people doing it. She didn't say like they were classified as white, but I think based on that pattern that they could have been uh, uh, white people doing
1: this. Huh fascinating even like I s even if that's a rumor uh for that many people to be dialing in and thinking that they are supposed to get a discount uh if they you know get married and are same sex that is what that to me just again says a lot about what's being promoted right now but that's fascinating to be on a job where you are observing uh that sort of thing on a regular basis that is wow um <laughs> equality for sure Other folks uh commentary that they wanted to uh get in,
9: oh gosh, I had an update on my coworker I talked about uh, quite quite a while ago who was being terrorized by the manager I was telling you about um I got to sit next to her today in this uh farewell event for my coworkers and um she said that. Nothing was really done by the company. Um, There's just been a a don't speak to her policy. So the manager no longer says anything to her, not even good morning. Um, And she said that's fine with her because she's she's making moves to get out of there herself. Um, She's not a part of the group that's leaving. Um, But I wanted to give that update. And then I'll have my update on the situation with my paycheck next week. Um, I won't know anything until, I get paid tomorrow as far as how this balances out and how I'll move forward from there. So I just wanted to just toss that out there too.
1: All right. Thanks again. For sure. Folks remember he, uh, Roz shared with us previously. I, I mentioned him earlier today about the problems with his compensation and, uh, he requested an audit, uh, to get the problem, uh, corrected. That was another one where I said, you, would probably be in a better position to go ahead and review your policy and procedure now, as opposed to waiting to when there is a problem and then you got to do a crash course on, you know, now where is it in policy and procedure about how you audit your compensation? If there's an issue and all that, if you are familiar with all of that ahead of time, then unfortunately, if you do have a problem, it's much easier to do a refresher uh, just to make sure that you understand the process to look at it again, as opposed to you having to learn this for the first time. Uh, so definitely we'll be looking forward and that again to what I said with Thomas in New York and like I said a lot of other folks have talked about this uh, and folks are you know telling you something that I mean you just know common sense oh yeah don't don't clock in we'll, we'll hook you up down the road like man absolutely not like non-white person white person whatever the case is those type of uh, flagrant violations because too many of us We're already doing what we're supposed to do and things still end up (laughs) where we got a problem on our paycheck or with this or with that. So absolutely not, not just flagrant violations to not clock in or we're going to compensate this vendor six months in advance for merchandise we don't have and won't have, you know, until a half a year later. Just those type of things. Absolutely not. Or let me talk to someone, you know, whoever my manager is, whoever my supervisor is. Let me talk to such and such to make sure that they think this is acceptable to do. Uh, other folks anything else folks want to make sure they get in?
12: Yes, can I be heard?
1: Yes, sir.
8: Yes sir, uh uh not my uh workplace uh racism, uh but uh it was uh something that actually made national news uh with the uh with the unprovoked uh uh I guess uh, you would call it a a, a job evaluation uh, that uh, former NFL player Terry Bradshaw uh, suspected racist head of Mike Tomlin, the present head football coach at uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, basically, he said he's not that good of a coach, you know, that sort of thing. Mind you now, uh, of his record, is unprecedented as far as how well he's been doing uh, on his job, and you had a white person to come out, uh, in front of a, at least, uh, re- uh, regional, this part of the world audience and, uh, criticize a black person and uh, about the job that they are doing. Uh, I, uh, really like Mike, Mike Tomlin, I believe that's, that's his name. Uh, and he's married to a, a beautiful black female uh also and i believe she she wears a hair in a a natural style Uh, i've seen her on on in an interview but uh that's something that uh, if anybody want to get any further uh uh, reading on it they can easily find it on yahoo it's still i think it's still pretty uh pretty hot news
1: Hmm. yeah
6: that's all i had to say
1: I, it does not surprise me at all. Uh, particu- I mean, that's a whole nother ad that we could do a whole program on workplace racism, just on black people getting coaching jobs, uh, just in the NFL. I mean, they have had whole rules, uh, put, I think it's called the Rooney rule, uh, because you have all these black males who went out and killed them, literally killed themselves, uh, and ruined mm-hmm. their bodies, uh, and damaged, you know, their brain, their health, all of this for white people to make billions of dollars for decades but you can't find any of these black people none of them are intelligent enough to coach like that was nfl policy for years uh before you even get to somebody like tomlin being in that position um, for them, him to be ridiculous and I think calling him a cheerleader, um, even suggesting that he's not a male right. cheerleaders tend to be females. So that's whole nother exactly. element of emasculation, which is a standard uh, procedure, standard practice in the system of racism, white supremacy. I believe Mr. Tomlin is a highly melanated coach as well. But uh, that's to be expected. Yes, that's, he right. is. that's what I said before when we started the program, when I said you can do well, Mr. Tomlin. Has won a Super Bowl. In fact, like uh, that's your stamp as a coach once you got one of those and he's been to multiple uh, unless I'm in error um, that as a black person, you being competent and quote unquote playing your role and you just go out and do well, that is totally irrelevant in the system of white supremacy. You don't have to. The problem is not black people, not uh, being competent or just, you know, say, I'm gonna go in and just try to work hard, be on time, do my thing. That's not the issue. Tons of black people have done that and they still, uh, end up being terrorized, obliterated by the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, if, if anything, from what I have seen, uh, being a competent, skilled, educated uh, we'll put in quotes, successful uh, black person, you can get things done. Man, that nothing rankles up racists more than that. That's been my experience. This might be a, another example of that, but I mean, that's rife throughout workplace racism. All right. Other comments, folks want to get in? Folks satisfied for the day? Want to get back to enjoying the uh, horror day and all of the festivities?
9: I was just going to say what you described in regards to what black males do to their body for the sport of football is to
1: me one of the greatest examples of John Henryism. That is about the size of it. And, I mean, I have how heard how
9: deadly it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say just how deadly it is to be to do that and have that mindset and put your, your body and sacrifice so much of your future on the now for these people who... Care nothing about you. I just think that's uh, uh, one of the greatest examples of what John Henryism looks like and how deadly it can be.
1: Absolutely, and I've I've heard even people say that's one of the reasons that uh, black people take. Uh, Particularly, I would say like football, basketball, take those particular sports so seriously is that that's one of the few areas that uh, racists have allowed black people to be uh, to participate somewhat. Um, So that's why that's taken so seriously. I mean, you can evaluate that uh, however you uh, however you want. The racism is still there and has been has been talked about for a long time. But, yeah, certainly uh, black mental health. Uh, I would not say the NFL has shown that they care about uh, the mental health of black people. Workplace racism, for sure. Uh, other folks? Anything else they wanted to uh, make sure they brought up, touched on? Hope we still have people I heard who...
12: That... I, I uh, Sorry, can I be heard?
1: Yes, sir. Go ahead.
7: Uh-huh.
12: Okay, yeah. Um, I heard that uh, Now, I was never a... Uh, football player. Um, growing up, I had a little brother that uh, played a few years of uh, football, but I was uh, I was in soccer. So uh, sports was never really that serious. But um, I heard that um, in football, in particular, that the coaches in football oftentimes uh, are it's a, a regular practice that they undermine uh, the parental authority. Of, uh, the, um, parents of the players, uh, to get them in a mindset to do some of the things that they do. So I hear that it's a very deep level of conditioning that goes on, um, in these football programs, uh, around the country. And if there are any victims of racism, uh, that are listening, that do have children, I, I wouldn't suggest that you expose your child to the particular sport of, uh, football, if you're going to subject them to organized sports at all. Mm -hmm.
1: The uh, comment that I was going to get in, I'll check with the uh, female listener as well. If she had commentary, uh, just the, we had several listeners who had talked about looking at opportunities, um, resources, either compiling a list that could be shared like a blog post or something that could be published online uh, just with different resources or strategies for non-white people uh, that you can do either from home uh, or where you can have some distance uh, where you don't have to be like in the same room uh, or the same facility uh, with whites, even if you do uh, work with uh, or are employed by uh, white, you don't have to necessarily be right there, present with them. You can have some distance and you know, work at your residence or whatever, or maybe even cut them out entirely or as much as possible. Um, we're t- working out getting some uh, listings, resources. Uh, if more folks want to work on that. I think that would be great. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people could benefit from having that sort of thing, even if you already, uh, let's hope. You are employed and, uh, you know, moderately uh, satisfied, at least for the moment, with where you are employed. It's always good to have uh, a backup. I think uh, Triumph 3000, I think she talked about that even when she was working directly for whites, having uh, her own job that she was doing on the side gave her a lot more freedom a lot more confidence black self-respect while she was at work with whites directly Uh, and it, it gave her the confidence and courage to know hey now if these folks really get on my nerves and I get tired of putting up with this I have no truck walking away because I have another source of income and I've been saving my coins I think that's always a very intelligent way to operate for victims of racism and to greatly moderate our unnecessary spending racists encourage a lot of that Uh, The female caller, uh, not 1842, uh, the female caller on the vote line. Did you have commentary you wanted to share or just making sure?
4: Oh, I just wanted to say thank you for the suggestions everyone gave. Um, It's going to be difficult because I don't like white people or trust them. So it's, it's going to be difficult to even force myself or to go to the events for even a minute, so i 'll try my best, but <laughs> just want to say thank you
7: for sure, for sure
1: you can uh you should do some you should plan something like after the event is over that you really enjoy that is constructive, but something that you really enjoy like I think is so important because we The the terrorism is just ceaseless, it seems. Things happen to you, things that happen to people that you care about. um, Really, like, make an effort to, like, put it on your schedule uh, to do things that replenish. uh, So you know this is something that's going to be really, really unpleasant for you. Plan something. I would try and make it, if not that evening, like, within the next 24 hours, like, soon. uh, That'll be really, really enjoyable. Like, if you can go and get, like, a... Massage and spa treatment from at a black owned facility like that would be great or, or something that's just going to be really constructive and you'll feel better like you your spirit will feel nourished uh, you'll feel nourished like emotionally physically where you will really feel better it will be something that's good for you like try to get that done to get rid of some of the uh, just negative energy from that experience. and you can give us an update too I i don't think i've said it today but i do try to say that often but people that dial in if you if you hear a suggestion on the program and you decide to utilize it grand you can let us know if you reject it and just come up with your own plan that is great too we should all be using our brain computer uh but if you could give us an update that's always appreciated um just what you saw the conduct at the event and uh Yeah, just how things go. If you give us an update, that would be uh, great. You and the rest of the folks as well. Anything else folks need to get in?
4: Can I do something else? For sure. Okay, so I also, um, like, my coworkers also tell me that I'm quiet, and that's mainly because I don't want to talk to them or interact with them. So is there, like, any suggestions that you can give me of how I can just talk with them for a little bit so that way they don't feel like I'm antisocial or don't like them, even though I really don't like them, but I just don't want to make it obvious.
12: Weather and work. If you keep the focus on weather and work, uh, two things that are uh, inoffensive, that are constructive, that you can do for yourself um just talking about the weather the time of day and what you are doing or what you should be doing or how to do whatever it is that you're doing better um these are topics that will definitely get them off your back satisfy any sort of um any sort of suspicions that uh, you may be antisocial or not a uh good cultural fit um or or I suggest updating your LinkedIn because uh they will pick if you are being told that you are quiet, you are being uh documented for being quiet and um this is definitely something that is not going to be seen as a good thing for you um at, at whatever environment that you're currently in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we've had a number of people who dialed in like over years that we've been on the air and talking about workplace racism. That is, I mean, it's incredible how common that is, something that ridiculous that you don't talk enough uh, on the job, no less. Not that there's something wrong with your work or that you're incompetent, just you're not, you know, willing to come in and talk to us about what you did on your weekend. But um, the suggestion that we give out consistently has, has been stated, talk about work. Uh, I encourage that. Um As much as possible, like even even if they're coming up and talking to you about, you know, just silliness, you know, what's your favorite shopping mall or, you know, where did you go this past weekend? What's your favorite vacation spot? Read Let's get back to work um new things new projects that we're working on are they uh doing any remodeling in the building like just as much information about work and things that are job related as possible having questions uh about that and conversation about that i think is great uh and that way it's beneficial to you uh because it's been my experience that a lot the vast majority of non-white people are poorly informed Uh, about their job or people on their job or just additional resources on their job. So if you can stay in that mode as much as possible, where you are, uh, just learning. I'm just trying to find out constructive things about this job and the people that I'm around 40 hours a week. I think that'll work to your benefit. Then people will see you more often uh, talking with, or you at least it should be easier, right? For you to converse. Cause you're just talking about jobs. You're not having to think of, of personal things. And do I want to divulge this and that sort of thing. And you might even get some, some info. Hopefully you'll be getting info you can use. Uh, but that's my big recommendation. Let's talk about work uh, and redirect Uh, any conversations or when they come at you with questions that are about personal things, we're redirecting back to work and asking questions so that they can be giving you information about the job.
4: Yeah. um, Because my other black coworkers, they joke around with, with them a lot. So they look at me like, why am I not joking around with them? And, you know, so I'll just try to talk to them about work.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's again, not being aloof. I tell people that all the time, you know, speak uh, you. We all we requested uh, the job. We want to keep it. We speak to the folks that uh, you're with morning evening, afternoon, uh, and work related projects, that new project, they're going to be working in the parking lot. Oh, okay. That's good. You know, glad to know that information. Just whatever, whatever they're talking about in the building, they're opening a new facility down there. Oh, okay, great. That's incredible. We're going to have training. Okay. When is that going to be? Or you can suggest training if you have a thought or two, but just things that are related to the job. I'm a big advocate of that. And I, I know it can be tough if you're in an environment where there are other victims of racism and they are, victims uh maybe they're less confused or excuse me maybe they're a bit more confused about racism so they you know are not codified they're laughing and telling jokes and and that sort of thing white people they love that it's so easy for them to handle that standard (laughs) like uh you really really sticks out like oh wait a minute this person is being quiet like they they tend to be much more alert and suspicious if you're behaving that way and not loud and laughing and joking and, and ready to come give them a hug and you know have some eggnog for the holidays so just uh don't be aloof, ready to talk, but we're going to talk about work. Uh, and I think hopefully that should, that should make it easier for you. It would be good to hear people. Cause I know I've given out that suggestion and other people have as well. I've heard Mr. Fuller. Uh, that's one of his recommendations. I think uh, if you have been able to implement that uh, and can kind of let us know if it took you a while to kind of get accustomed to it and how you get the conversations back on work how white people respond to that with you just asking for more details uh, about the company or different projects or different aspects of the job Uh, if you have been able to utilize that let us know how that has worked if it's been effective grant if it's not worked let us know if it took you a little while to get comfortable with it let us know that too but again appreciate the updates that kind of gives listeners uh, an idea about how the uh, implementation that this is not just chatting uh, in a hypothetical that this is what the application looks like anything else or folks satisfied i will assume folks uh are satisfied uh if you want to drop an email feel free until justice at gmail.com you heard mr ken Steele, uh folks in the tech field if you want to send your resume that one again i prefer if it's not you know like facebook and other outlets where people uh contact me if you could just do it until justice at gmail.com that would I guarantee you that will minimize any likelihood of uh me missing your resume or neglecting to send uh your information to Mr. Steele if you just get it to the email i'm very very sure uh we can minimize all that and i'll be able to get it to him asap i uh, think previously uh, when he shared uh, and kind of gave out a similar uh, encouragement to folks uh, who wanted to contact him, uh, maybe being able to get recruited, uh, people sent through my email mostly. And I don't think we missed anybody. Uh, I didn't hear from anyone who was upset that, you know, I sent my information and you messed over me, Gus. Like, I think we got everybody so if we can just keep it until justice at Gmail dot com. We will forward along. Uh, if you just have commentary, if you want to share uh, your own experience, workplace racism, if you have a suggestion for something that you heard today, uh, just your own commentary, feel free. Uh would we'll always, as I get them, uh, I read them whenever we have the next program. So feel free to drop an email uh, and I will share. We can keep it anonymous if you have uh, concerns about that being identified uh, as well. Uh, we should be here. Tomorrow, same program time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we are on section four. Uh, Gwen, the late Gwen Eiffel. I talked about workplace racism, or excuse me, we talked about black mental health and John Henryism. Gwen Eiffel. Died this year at the age of 61. That is a disgrace and an indictment of the system of white supremacy. She talked about how she was victimized uh, throughout her journalism career, but we uh, are winding down. We're beyond the halfway point. We'll be uh, picking up tomorrow. She has a big section tomorrow on uh, U.S. Senator Cory Booker, uh, cowbell again. <laughs> he has a white parent, but his section is coming up tomorrow. This was uh, his part in the book right now. He was not a U.S. Senator at the time, he was uh, mayor of Newark, New Jersey. I think that's That's Thomas in New York. Um, But that'll be tomorrow. Same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then we'll be here for the compensatory call in on Saturday, New Year's Eve, Uh, normal time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. uh, We will review uh, the last week of 2016. Hope it has been a constructive investment of your Thursday evening. Uh, Again, think we had uh, more spectators uh, and or uh, people that were enjoying their holiday quote unquote, uh, for the week doing other things, uh, The plantation will be back and rolling on Tuesday or excuse me, on Monday, January 2nd, if it isn't already. So hopefully next Thursday we'll be ready to roll. And again, constructive strategies or if you're having problems, that's what this broadcast is for every Thursday. No confusion. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. (laughs) Music to my ears to hear someone saying that uh, it worked out constructively, just mentioning sobriety and encouraging. Uh, sobriety, working out well for them on the job. Fantastic. Uh, That certainly would be best for us. You never know when you're going to bump into Daniel Holtzclaw, Darren Wilson being intoxicated, beer, tobacco, cannabis, whatever the substance is. I've seen no evidence that 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 helps us solve problems, uh, particularly to neutralize situations when we are confronted with racists. Right on. With that, uh, creator, replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in
2: nigga you
10: so brainwashed
1: i'm a victim your brother problem
10: you a victim
6: yeah. i'm up. a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my condition mm-hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned <laughs>